Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is August the 9th of 2023. I am Nick, joined by Quinn, and we are here to talk about manga. We're going to do it with the Italian accents, you know. I cannot maintain this, though. I will tell you straight up, my accents fall apart under exposure to any form of pressure. They just kind of morph into each other. Uh, or I get bored and just start going off into different ones all the time. You can uh, do any voice if you want. Uh, you just have to do uh, the finger hand thing. So I, so I could be talking like this and this, and if I move my hands like this, it's Italian. In a way, I was like, yeah, Nick's still doing it. <laughs> I maintained the illusion for a little bit longer because of the hands. Uh-huh. That's that's the mystique to it. No, just thinking about Marvel Snap again. Like I certain what, what? certain certain trigger words now. I like I play that game too much now. It it's weird going like I play a lot of Marvel Snap and then experience the comics or other games that have Marvel in it and it's a yeah. very weird experience. Like, I see Nova, and I'm like, well, this guy's not sticking around too long. He's going to get blown up <laughs> to get plus one to everybody. Uh, stature, I'm like, no one knows who that is. It's it's right. only occasionally. But if you see Black Bolt, you know this bitch is right around the corner. Uh, right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's everywhere. I have this awful, like, it's it's changing my perception of everybody. Well, you know, you know, Wolverine always hang out with the, all the symbiotes and Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> Galactus and Nimrod, best of friends. Yeah. That was that was the nice thing. Uh, I, I commented on when we when we did the uh, the stream of like us playing together, and you you pulled out your your Guardians deck. It was like, oh, this is nice that they actually like designed. You know, part of this sets uh, it's like no, no, no. Nebula works synergistically with the Guardians and stuff, so you could just like throw literally all the Guardian cards together into a deck. And it's like no, no, this feels like a deck that is like meant to be played together and stuff. But yeah, there's all these different things that have literally nothing to do with each other. Uh, it's like oh, you know, all the what where are all these you know like high evolutionary cards like oh you know hulk cyclops <laughs> misty knight those characters hang around together all the time nick all the time about? yeah <laughs> with the high evolutionary it locks their potential Hulk didn't have it before <laughs> you know hulk remember how he, Always. Was, he was just like a less interesting wolver uh magneto basically uh and it, and it took that Guy who was, you know, messing around with animal DNA for him to, you know, really live up to his true potential. Him, him and Abomination, best of friends. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't until that happened, because before that, Giganto was even stronger than Hulk, if he was in the left <laughs> lane only. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but our audience who doesn't care about Marvel Snap are very upset with us right now. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Well, it's okay, guys. We'll go into a pro wrestling kind of tangent after this. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, Nick, how do you feel about uh, Rey Mysterio's kid? I loved Dominic Mysterio. There you go. Uh, guys, uh, we do have manga to talk about this week. Uh, and I guess technically we should have just avoided talking about pro wrestling at all whatsoever because we do have a superhero thing to talk about first uh if we were gonna stick to that um guys 
do you remember months ago <laughs> when All Might stepped out of his car to square off against All for One? I kind of forgot about this, <laughs> that this had happened. Because during this entire event, this massive wide-scale battle, we'll just leave individual threads alone for a long time. Bakugo is still dying. Slash Aww. being resurrected. It's been so long since Edshot, I guess, sacrificed himself to save Bakugo, and we haven't seen any. He's still working on it, Nick. He's, he's still he's, working he's, on he's it. He's sewing up some things. He's patching stuff up. So we need to be told, first off, that this took place 20 minutes before Toga's twice army faded away. So we're going back in time. Yeah, well, because when... <laughs> otherwise this chapter would open with him being like, oh, like looking at like a little watch or something like that. He's like, oh, 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 that was my best. That was our best weapon. What the fuck? <laughs> and I guess if this is before the Toga thing, maybe this is also before Dobby. I think so. I think that those did happen pseudo-simultaneously. So, uh, All Might, while standing in the rain, as uh, All For One bears down on him, remembers the warning that Night Eye gave to him with his foresight ability, that if he would continue down the path that he was currently on, he would encounter a villain uh, and die an unspeakably gruesome death. Uh, but uh, All Might's like, well, I mean, I, did, I guess we didn't think that it was going to be all for one, but here we are. And uh, I guess this is it. Uh, but now we're going to find out if your foresight is true. And he takes out uh, the support item, opens it up while declaring, I am here. And the suitcase unravels and unfolds. Iron Man style and wraps around him as a full suit of armor that basically leaves only his mouth exposed so that he, he can show off that he is, you know, grinning mm. uh, as per usual. But he's in his, you know, normal scarecrowy thin form, just, you know, covered in metal and yeah. But he is, uh, he is aping one of the better Iron Man uh, suit-ups from the movies. Mm -hmm. Iron Man 2 doesn't have a lot going for it, but the suitcase uh, transformation was pretty sweet. Yeah. That was pretty great. Uh, he, so this is his armored All Might form, and he <laughs> has his car Hercules start start recording the broadcast uh, so that start recording the battle. Uh, and he's... So that uh, Sukauchi could, I guess, can keep tabs on the battle. Uh, and uh, everyone's like, oh, my God, he's got a freaking power suit. And LaBrava, like, very dramatically goes, live stream! <laughs> Just pressing, like, a button in order to declare it. Uh, and uh, everyone else is like, you don't need to broadcast this. Like, fuck you. <laughs> she does. Everyone needs to see this. It is... Like, one of those things where I'm like, I agree. But you'd have to wonder if everyone would just be like, this guy might just run up and rip this man out of a tin can. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe we put it on to like, 
How about we try that? Let's put it on a delay first, and then let's see what happens. Yeah, so that we can, you know, like, uh, like censor it for, for oh. graphic content. Oh, he just ran right up and ripped his head straight off. Okay, never mind. Don't, oh, don't air it. They're on an Activia commercial. Uh, Sukochi immediately starts doomsaying. It's like, it doesn't matter how many support items you have. No, you could, a quirkless man can never tell to take on all for one. You should stop streaming this, Labrava. We're just going to broadcast uh, All Might's death for the world to see. Uh, but All for One is, you know, just seeing all this and sees All Might. Every day, is like, oh, right, I should put it on Twitter uh, too. Right. <laughs> Sorry, X. <laughs> no, no. No one calls it that. 20 minutes ago, before this transition to, to, from Twitter to X. I'm about to do something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> uh, All for one is thinking to himself, like, you know exactly what's going to happen. I am going to kill you. So why are you fucking smiling? Fuck you. <laughs> immediately gets drawn in by it uh so all my calls out to hercules for more support it kind of sends out a bunch of shields to wrap around him like a shell uh and then it launches him through the wave of attacks that uh all for one has launched and uh, everyone's like holy shit how did he take that and uh um all might then has more support items launch black cables uh, similar to black whip around all for one and also uh, an electrical thing similar to Kaminari's quirk kicks in and shocks him and uh, then he keeps on using a bunch of abilities that are all like support items similar to like students in class 1A's abilities mm -hmm. uh, including fucking Sato, I guess. I don't really get the connection here. He hits him really hard, uh, but he does that. <laughs> he gets like a jet boot around his leg and launches a big kick uh, with it. Uh, and he declares like, look, ever since you had that fight against my master, you would kick off uh, your fights with these haphazard range attacks. You love wearing people down before stealing their quirks, but that approach is meant for the fighting those who have quirks. The suit and the car are here to keep me in this fight if only for a bit. I came up with the specs and put in the design request. Back then, when you brought us to our knees, I had no choice but to take refuge over in the States. I made a friend there, and these are the fruits of that bond. That's right. We're calling out to the first My Hero Academia movie. Militia Shield is watching the fight. <laughs> I was like... I thought Stars and Stripes died. <laughs> like, I was legit, like, I guess she's okay now. Uh, and yeah, so <laughs> Toshinori says, all that I've been blessed with will bear its weight against you. We've known each other longer. You should realize something, my dear friend. Not once in my entire life have I gone to battle expecting to lose. <laughs> he just kicks him in the face. It's pretty radical. I, I, I do think is this is an extremely cool move. I think when we first like saw that this was gonna happen, like the Dark Knight returns uh sort of allegories were evident, like, okay, he's gonna put on his big suit and there's gonna be a big fight. But he he does 
some extremely cool things. I like that his shield is him using like red, uh, what, what? red riot, red riot. Yeah. Um, I do like how he's aping a bunch of like his students' styles to be like, oh, I'm using Black Whip and I'm using cellophane. And yeah, the the Sugar Man one, I was like, yeah, dude, sure. You mean you put yeah, on sure. a big boot. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what he does. He eats sugar. Like, it'd be great if a lollipop came into his mouth at the same time. It's like, look, to really complete this. Um, it's just cool. Like, I, <laughs> it seems like it's it has nowhere to go but down from here. <laughs> uh but yeah i think uh it's it's pretty cool what uh all night's doing and uh this should be fun yeah this was fucking badass and uh i did not expect that all my calling out all for one would result in him just being like i'm iron man now (laughs) just kick him in the face it was great uh i always love seeing all for one get his shit kicked in uh and this was almost literally that so great chapter uh, all right, Nick, let's move over real quick then to Undead Unluck number 170. I want to move. Uh, and we uh, continue where we left last time, which is Fuko and Gina are hanging out on the school roof when Chikara and a friend show up and they decide like, hey, let's have lunch together. So uh, we open with Chikara's lunch being shown off and it looks very photogenic. You could send us right oh, yeah. to Instagram. It looks it looks very delectable. And everyone's like, wow, holy shit, you made this? This is crazy. And uh, Chikara's friend notes that Chikara's family runs a high-class Japanese restaurant. And they're like, wow, that's holy, that's incredible. And Fuko's like, wow, I can't believe it. You're going to take over the restaurant or, like, open one up of your own then, aren't you? And then Chikara's like, oh, yeah, I guess I will. Kind of stares off, doesn't seem to give, like, the exact reaction anyone's looking for. So Fuko just kind of gets silent and his friend just kind of gives like a knowing glance uh but he's like oh hey Chikara, why don't you ask him that favor he's like, oh yeah i want to take photos for the yearbook do you, do you mind and they're like oh i fuku was really nervous she's like i never i've never taken photos before and they're like it's fine you're a popular pair of transfer students having their first lunch let's just see you have fun and we got like a very cute scene of fuku, fuku being fed by gina and she she's so nervous <laughs> she's about to take i have to uh, strike the perfect pose while i'm being hand fed ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh but chikara's like hey thanks but can i actually get another i want to get more sky in the frame and he goes to like retake the picture and fuko's just like hmm, he's really particular isn't he and if chikara's friend's like yeah it's only natural i mean chikara really wants to be a photographer but it seems like he's probably just got to take over his family business. He said he'd have to give it all up once he graduates high school. Fuka's like, ah, I see. He's like, yeah, and that's why he's kind of doing this. See, I'm his friend, and I rigged the lottery so he'd be in charge of taking photos from the yearbook. Because if I hadn't done it, he would have never made a move. So, you know, I kind of I kind of got this. And uh, It's very sad and in line with Shikara's very passive kind of personality uh, at least before he joined union yeah uh so chikara walks back up and he's just like hey what are you guys talking about and i do like it's one of the few times they haven't like deflected into something else entirely they're just like no we aren't talking about how much you love cameras <laughs> and he's just like yeah i really i really like camera and i really like photos and i love getting people on film it's just it's a very passionate thing it fills me with courage and and this is 
you know, this is great. I'm a photographer for the yearbook and this is pretty cool. And Puko's just like, hey, yeah, I'm sure that you're going to take a lot of great photos. Don't worry about it. You know, it's going to go really good. So, uh, Fuko's just thinking like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to be there for the sports festival when he's doing all these things. It's going to be great. And then Fuko and Gina both stop. They're like, fuck, the next set of quests are in May. <laughs> so we cut over to the end of May. It's the sports <laughs> festival. Uh, the team, one team is down. I forget which team. Class three, basically, is really doing really good. And class two is a little bit behind. And they're like, oh, the relay race is going to, like, begin soon. What's going to happen? Fuko and Shakara aren't there. Or not, uh, Fuko and Gina aren't there. And then at the last minute, they show up. They're, like, sweaty. They're covered in, like, dirt and stuff like that. But they're just like, hey, don't worry. We made it. We, we always said we were going to. And we get, like, a fun little anchor race between Fuko and Shen. Where at some point... She touches him with unlock. Yeah, I, I, I was confused by this too. And they're moving so quickly. There's already so much like impact noises around them and stuff that there's not an obvious point where they touch. Yeah, uh, I'm not exactly. And also, sure. you know, she's in her like you know full school school gear. Like I'm covering everything up so that I don't touch anyone by accident mode. But yeah, apparently she touches him at some point. Yeah, I don't. There's a panel somewhere where she must accidentally touch him or something like that. But she touches him. Uh, his pants fall down and she wins by like pushing her chest out basically to cross the finish line first. And we get a couple other shots of like how the school year has gone. Uh, like characters hanging out with one another and, you know, like a hollow, like a Halloween costume contest, and all sorts of stuff. There's a shot of yeah. uh, Principal Ishin and uh, Baby Ishin, basically. There's also a moment where they 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 scare Nico. But the haunted house thing, so I guess he just really hates ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, they do a full Scooby Doo and Shaggy reaction moment with him and Ichigo. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to September, and it's the same situation again. Fuko and Gina show up. They're like, "Hey, sorry for the wait," and it's like they just finished the next round of quests. Uh, and Jakar is just like, "Hey, uh, maybe I shouldn't have asked you guys for help in the yearbook. I don't want to like keep you guys too busy." I'm like, no, 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 we want to help you out. Plus, somebody needs to keep an eye to make sure powers don't kill anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's just like, "Hey, check out all these great photos. Everyone's been having such great faces thanks to you guys. So, you know, it's really, really awesome. Like, I appreciate it so much." Um, and Fuko's just like, "No." All these are smiles that you've brought out. Chikara kind of carries that with him as he's like walking around and looking at his photos when uh, he's left the school and his mom shows up and is just like, hey, what are you thinking about? And he's just like, you know, I'm thinking that maybe after school, uh, I think I might want to be a photographer. And her, his dad is there as well. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention. Uh, and they're just like, oh, well, you, this is rare. You never usually tell us or voice what you really want to do on your own. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm supposed to take over the business. And neither of you are going to force me to doing it. But, like, the photos confirm my feelings. People are smiling because of them. And these are things that I love. So I want to move forward and pursue my dream. And he has a very confident expression on his face. And we see unmove beneath them. His power is activated. 
He does not realize it. Same situation. His parents are in the middle of a crosswalk and a truck is barreling towards them. And just as by keeping his arms and legs fixed with anything in his sight has its moment movement negated. And he's just screaming, mom, dad. Uh, but then we get like a half page spread. I don't know what you'd exactly call it. Like a full page spread switch between two of basically the entirety of like the cast of characters who have shown up for this thing. Uh, interfering to make sure that uh, Jakara's family stays safe. Fuko and Gina kind of like help get in there and, and stop the truck. Sean keeps them invisible so that they don't get caught by unmove. Uh, we see that Billy saves the truck driver afterwards. He's just like, why was I on trucks driving duty? And they're like, Jakara doesn't like you enough yet. <laughs> or, uh, uh, sorry, wait, who is it? Uh, Sean. Sean doesn't that... like him enough. So he couldn't, right. he couldn't have used uh, uh, the invisibility power. And everyone just worked it out. And then it's like kind of an interesting transition because they're just like, all right, so I guess we tell you everything, but also I think your parents go home at some point. Like all this insanity happens. Yeah. And Sean's like, wow, this is crazy. I can't believe you guys did anything. My parents are gone, by the way. <laughs> like, it's just me at this point. Um, and he's just like, all right, I this is like a really important thing. I guess I'm going to have to do it, and I can forget all about the yearbook and everything like that. Fuku's like, you don't have to leave school. You can just keep going till you graduate. And Jakar's like, wait, what do you mean? You guys are all doing this. So like, don't worry about that. Leave it to us. We'll provide the support you need to deal with your negation ability. Uh, and that's sort of the end of chapter. We end with, like, a little bit of a joke about Shui and uh, Mui, uh, who, Shen and Mui, who... <laughs> Shen is really angry. Still. He's still angry about this. It's, it's been like it's been fully four months since this happened. Yeah, they're like flying. They're like carrying the bus away, I guess, to make sure no one stumbles upon it or whatever. But it's yeah, it's been like six months, and he's still like, "You pulled down my pants during that festival race." Uh, yeah, it's a weird kind of conclusion to the to the chapter. Uh, I guess that you know fuka was being fully honest when she said yeah this is a long-term infiltration because they're just hanging out for half a school year at this school doing yeah. stuff while main continuing to do their you know doing their missions and stuff until finally chikara's ability awakens um it's nice to see a little bit more of you know like his ambitions being shared in this chapter when he was, you know, just kind of like a guy who didn't really have much self-confidence before. And uh -huh. that was just kind of it. Uh, so it's it's nice to get a little bit more uh, for to flesh out his character in this. And it's definitely taking a little bit of a different uh, approach to it than we've seen with a lot of the less focused upon characters that we've gotten in this stretch of uh, story uh, to this point. Yeah, I I did really really like that we got more of jakara and I, I like the element of like oh he wants to be a photographer that does feel like it fits in well with unmove as like a power mm -hmm. uh you could almost see like damn if only i had written it from the beginning i could have done something with that from the very beginning uh but i think it's very very cool uh there was a part of me that was kind of bummed that we went through two quests 
and like two rounds of quests without seeing them but i'm actually very curious mm. to like get back to union and them just be like we have like six seats now <laughs> we got a bunch <laughs> of shit like it's you know in the way that like undead unluck is like quote unquote speed running we've been in like this arc uh not this arc but this like saga of fuka recruit everybody for like over a year now so i think mm-hmm. we're just in this state of like you know moving these pieces but it does feel like abridging it to some extent to just be like hey two quest periods have passed we did a bunch of stuff in the meantime we added seats to the council etc etc yes absolutely okay uh let's talk about chainsaw man vroom, 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 vroom. it's chapter 138 sword man uh so last time uh <laughs> denji Went on his date with uh, the the girl that Yoshida had basically said would have sex with him. A bunch of guys showed up in the middle of their karaoke. Denji had a hallway fight and beat them up while the girl kept on seeing karaoke. And uh, now they're squaring off against each other. But the girl dashes past Denji in order to smack a guy who uh, has pulled a gun out. And... Uh, Denji's really surprised by this. Uh, the, the girl observes, like, oh, it's just a model gun, whatever. I guess it makes sense, though. They wouldn't be attacking with baseball bats if they actually had a gun. And so Denji now only now realizes, like, wait a minute. What, you're not my enemy? She's like, why would I be your enemy? She's like, well, you were singing a song while I fought all those guys. Uh, and Yoshida shows up mysteriously. Just, I'm, I'm against the wall. My arms folded because I'm cool. Yeah. Definitely cool. I'm the cool character. Everyone thinks Yoshida's cool. So cool. He introduces the girl as being named Fumiko Mifune. And he says, she's your junior. uh, Because she's part of the Public Safety Devil Extermination Special Division 7. And uh, she says, yeah, uh, I'm in charge of guarding you and other stuff during your student life, Denji Senpai. And that's why I'm in high school at age 22. You're like, fuck, God damn it, this poor kid can't get any healthy relationships. Nope. So Denji says, like, all right, so if you're my bodyguard, why didn't you help me while I was being attacked? How come you kept on singing? And Yoshida looks at, at, at Fumiko and is like, yeah, why did you do that? And she gets really self-conscious and shrugged and says, I don't want my songs getting interrupted. <laughs> You're not going to get me, Fujimoto. You're not going to make me like this character with her rewarding personality and fun attitude because she's dying. I know she is. You will not get me. <laughs> uh, so Denji is like, what is wrong with you guys? Which it feels like, I mean, he's he's, he's been at this point for a long time. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, this... <laughs> This whole thing where you guys handle everything for me sucks ass. <laughs> I didn't get laid and I had to do my own fighting. What is this? <laughs> so uh, Yoshida says like, yeah, well, you're Chainsaw Man. So getting attacked by someone who knows your identity, that just comes with the territory. It's why I assigned a bodyguard to you. Uh, there's no way we can identify them because they've got no possessions. They're, they're useful for that. Um, Fumiko... Uh, kind of goes back to just being flirty again because she's like oh you were you're really strong even when you don't transform into chainsaw man you are super cool and then she's like i'm still mad at you <laughs> you're only flirting with me because it's part of your job this sucks and Fumiko's like 
I really am into you, though. You are? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're Chainsaw Man. And he's like, someone who knows I'm Chainsaw Man is into me. <gasps> I knew my plan would work. Finally. Uh, Yoshida's like, stop that. And kind of smacks her on the head, karate chop style. Uh, and says, like, it's all right, Denji. I'll set her straight. Anyway, this hallway is full of beaten up people. <laughs> Let's get out of here, kid. So they leave. We cut to Asta, who is just in her apartment, just kind of lying down, watching the news. And uh, there's a news segment it's on that's about her. And uh, announcer says, like, we'll be talking about the beautiful high school devil hunter everyone's been talking about. And Asa says, beautiful. Like, oh, this poor girl. This <laughs> poor girl. It, it's, it's so brutal. Um, but uh, so they start doing a thing. And, you know, there's like, you know, shots of her, like the one that we saw at the beginning of this stretch of the story uh, when, you know, she had be just beaten a devil and Yoru says, like, you don't know, forget which devil, Nick, the carpenter bee devil. Yeah, it's very important that we know that. Yoru <laughs> says, the recognition we're receiving isn't so bad. I feel as though a thirst of mine is being quenched, which is kind of interesting because obviously we know the devils gain power from being feared, but maybe recognition in other forms is also, there's also some sort of side Nick. effect of that. Are you saying that the way this story is going to end is Monsters, Inc., where we learn we don't have to scare the children, we could just make them laugh? Yeah, and then you could have a healthy relationship. Oh my god, nice. just like Mike Wazowski! Holy shit, is this where we're headed? Uh, we, uh, As we all know, Mike had the, actually had a healthy relationship throughout that movie, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, but Asta points out, like, yeah, but we're not supposed to be doing this for the for the praise though we're doing this to save chainsaw man and you're always like yes we're doing this to kill chainsaw man <laughs> um but also also says you know fame doesn't feel that great to me because it kind of creeps me out and yoru doesn't get this and she's like well, why and asa pauses to think for a second and she says because it's an invasion of my privacy or something and you can kind of tell that she's like her because her eyes are like kind of drifting off to the side and it's like she doesn't quite understand or believe what she's saying and then we get her you know a shot of her just like watching the news and seeing people you know pointing at her picture be like oh this girl yeah and um she smiles uh, it's not a very, it's, not a very good looking smile. It's becoming intoxicating, Nick. She can't stop it. She loves the attention. It's, uh, it doesn't seem like a healthy smile is all I'm saying. Anyway, uh, there's a big old poster being posted everywhere. Uh, Denji is seeing it now. It's got, it's a Chainsaw Man church membership poster. And of course, Asa's right there actually front and center even in front of an image of chainsaw man and then she's just like i go just that same look of fuck this sucks and a person next to denji 
says, yeah, it ticks you off, doesn't it? That they're putting Chainsaw Man side by side with some fresh face nobody. Asami Itaka, Chainsaw Man church poster girl slash high school student. They say Scar's beer on her face when she fights devils. A pretty memorable character, isn't she? And Denji literally doesn't look at the guy and he just says, why do strangers keep talking to me? (laughs) Such a fun line. It's such a good one. Uh, but the guy says, oh, you don't know me, huh? That's okay. I, I don't know. I, I started to pop at this point because I was like, this is the same design, like clothing wise as the it violence is. devil. I was like, come on, violence devil, come back to me. It's, it's, it's cool. <laughs> I don't remember you either. You ought to know me, though. Chainsaw man. And then she's finally like, all right, who the fuck are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> who are you, dog? And the guy pulls back his hood and says, if they call you Chainsaw Man, that'd make me Sword Man. <laughs> he's just a guy. He just looks like he's just a regular looking guy. Well, it's presumably this is a Katana guy, right? Is that a different so person? No. Oh, okay. So I had to look this up. Makima when she unleashed all of her weapons devil people against uh, Chainsaw Man at the end of part one, uh-huh. she had two sword men. There was the Katana Man and a sword man. So, presumably, this is the other sword guy that was with her group. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah, I do see it. There's a the guy with swords that's wearing like the same outfit. Alright, I mean... This is anyway, Denji sums it up. Denji sums it up by saying, "Seriously, who is this loser?" Which I think <laughs> is the most appropriate answer to who is this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this is a very interesting thing. I do like it because people. I, I guess I saw like people on the wiki immediately took this to be like every hybrid is alive again, and they immediately started confirming characters. They're like, "Rezzy's alive." Uh, Quan Chi or not Quan Chi? Oh, wow. uh, whatever. They're, they're all alive. Your name, yeah. uh, they're like, "Hey, all these characters alive." It's like mm, they might be jumping the gun a little bit. Might be. Yeah. Maybe this guy just survived the battle. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, uh, oh, that's a funny chapter. This is classic Chainsaw Man, where I am excited to read the next chapter because this is an interesting conclusion. It's very funny, though. I do like it. Just being like, huh? No, seriously, who the fuck is this guy? Well, if you're a chainsaw man, then I'm Sword Man. <sighs> like, just, just his face. I, I, I really do love that line of just like, why are strangers? Why do strangers keep talking to me recently? <laughs> like, he is just like, Dingy is just moving from one awkward conversation where someone comes up to him to another. I just want to date a girl. And I have had like five or six individual girls that I have met that I thought that I could date only for the reality to come and kick me in the balls. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on from there. To talking about Kaiju number eight, chapter 91. Hey, Hoshina's getting his ass kicked uh, in the past and the present. In a flashback, we see him having a sparring match with his with his older brother, uh, asking for to go one more round. And his older brother is just like, it doesn't matter how many rounds I give you, 
You gotta train up before you face me again, Wimp Shiro. That's not very cool. Don't don't do that. Uh, and Hoshina says, like, one day I'm gonna surpass you. Uh, meanwhile, uh, his battle against Kaiju number eleven is that it? It's not going very 15, well. Fifteen, uh, right? Fifteen was the one who Kikaru fought. Oh, then yeah, I think I don't know. <laughs> They're anyway. all the same to me then. He gets he he gets his ass knocked back because uh, this kaiju instantly mimicked his quick draw ability, uh, and which is very bad. And we see throughout uh, this stretch of the chapter just like a, a tower of rocks collapsing. This is you know like everything that Hoshida has built up to this point uh, through all of his years and years of training and dedication to the blade. Uh, and yeah, as he gets knocked into Power Rebel, he's just like, you gotta be kidding me. I have been honing that technique since I was a kid. How am I losing to some copycat? This is the one thing I refuse to lose at. And immediately the kaiju is closed and it is going to finish him off. <laughs> and this, this chapter is very much like, while you were having enjoyment, I was studying the blade. I'm the blade master. And uh, there is a flash and... Uh, we see a spurt of blood uh, as Hoshina collapses and Hoshina's like, they cut me. Not yet. My sword's right here. Grab hold. Grab hold. And he reaches his hand out and realizes that his arm has been chopped off. And he's like, oh shit. How's <laughs> Hoshina, Hoshina going to do anything? <laughs> and uh, he realized like, if I were my brother, I could have at least switched my strategy to firearms. Maybe I could have beaten this thing. He remembers all the times that he's been told by his father, by instructors, like, look, you just got to give up. You're going to get killed because you, you're, you, you're too single faceted. Well, you're not that good one enough. guy has a little mustache, so I'd like to think he got something like, oh, you're bound to get yeah. killed out there. Yeah, you're bound to get killed. Sacre bleu, you're going to be killed. <laughs> Uh, so Oshina falls into the sinking place uh, and just thinks like it's just better if I just if I just quit, I'll be free of it all. I just have to keep sinking. So then, why is it? No, that I don't want to give up. That I don't want to let go. Anything but this. Anything but the blade. Not that. Not that. It's so dramatic. I love it. This shit. He's just like I've got to get. The blade. <laughs> uh, and in that moment, the thing that wakes him up is Kaiju Number Ten going, ah! just laughing fucking insanely. Uh, and we see that his armor has been like lightly gouged by the sword strike. As Ka Kaiju Number Ten says, "How was that? I fended it off. Praise me! <laughs> I rule. Everyone sucks but me, Kaiju Number Ten. And it turns out that Number Ten used the tail of the suit to just barely deflect the attack, so that Hoshino wasn't gutted and dismembered by it. Uh, and so Hoshino, you know, snaps out of it and realizes, like, oh, I've still got my right arm. He sacrificed its tail to protect me." Uh, and number 10 says, what's next, Hoshina? And she was like, what do you mean next? Yeah, after you defend, you're supposed to attack. Yeah, but we don't have any more moves that'll work on it. It's like, that doesn't matter. 
we got a super strong threat standing right in front of us. It's the best, isn't it? You don't want to quit, right? I've got my fists. You've got your blades. Till we draw our last breaths, let's do what we love and have some fun! Fucking love I Gaijin number two. I fucking <laughs> love these two so much. I want a manga of just them at this point. They're just... They're having so much fucking fun just fighting. Like, it's great because this is, you know, we, we've been in two fights at this point with uh, Gan and Kikoru of, like, very dramatic, all about their love for uh, Ishin. That doesn't sound right, but, uh, you know, the dad. Isao. Isao, sorry. Uh, and all that. And, like, we're getting that, too, here where it's, like, uh, Hoshina's just like, oh, no, my past, my brother, all this stuff. But, like, the enemy is just like, yeah, fuck it, dude. You're good with the sword. Let's have fun. Let's just kill the shit out of this dude. I think we could do it. We probably can't fucking But everything, everything I've built up to now is, is like, cut him! Fucking cut him! It's great when you cut people. Come on! <laughs> Trying to punch his piss out. <laughs> I bet you can get all of it. Just tell me where to aim. His bladder's in here somewhere. <laughs> it's not going to elude me forever. Uh, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, great chapter. Uh, super cool moment with him in, in uh, uh, Kaiju number 10. And just, wow, just really fun. I love this like last two-page spread of like, yeah, let's do it. And it's, you know, Sheena as a kid, Kaiju number 10, the full body again. So, cool stuff. Yeah, the way they're standing together and like uh, number 10 disrupts all the despair that he's feeling and stuff. And it's like, let's just fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. so uh spy family mission 86 uh, last time nightfall fiona punched wheeler really hard with a broken arm and the fight is over <laughs> she knocks him fully the fuck out uh at the start of this chapter and uh staggers like cop staggers over to him to it looks like she's going to headbutt him next uh but Lloyd wakes up and says, like, stop. You don't need to kill him. (laughs) Consider it for a moment. Everything she's done, she's been so angry. She's like, it doesn't matter. I won't hold back at all. I'll break every bone. What was going to happen if she had, but like, she was going to kill herself too. She just explodes her own head to turn his into fucking paste. Yes. Uh, But fortunately, Lloyd wakes up and says, you don't need to kill him, and you, there's no need for you to die trying. <laughs> so he realizes what's going to happen, too. Uh, Nightfall is going fully on autopilot, and so she almost goes, I love you, but she's like, uh, f- f- uh, oh, you're alive. You're all right. <laughs> Falls over. <laughs> yeah, I love there's just a snap. Like, there goes the last one. There goes the last one. <laughs> Uh, Lloyd says, like, it, it's dangerous to keep Wheeler alive, but he must have a tremendous amount of intel. So we've got to get him in prison and he'll make a really good bargaining chip after that. So let's, let's get HQ and to make that call. Um, and, uh, then, uh, Fiona says, like, it's hard to believe that someone of his level could take you down, Twilight. Wait a minute. When exactly did Twilight come to? Don't tell me he overheard all of that stuff. No, 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 no. He had to have been unconscious the whole time. He couldn't have heard that. I have to make sure there's not any possibility. I'll have to kill him myself. Wait, no. Oh, you're uh, you're having a rough day, girl. It's it's pretty bad, but it's it's getting better. Chill out. Calm down. 
Uh, fortunately, Lloyd has no context for what she, why she's, you know, looking very angrily at him. Uh, so she says, like, maybe what you said that day was right. Maybe I am starting to lose my edge. Uh, and uh, so, yeah. She, he also explains that uh, he got the bullet wound from running into Yuri. Uh, and so she asks him, well, did you finish him off? And uh, he says, well, yours condition for marrying me was that it put her brother's mind at ease. So if she were to lose him, she would lose that motivation. Operation Strix would suffer for it. And Fiona looks at him, immediately doesn't buy it, because she's like, he's referring to her as just plain your. Uh, mm. he's, that's that's not his official version of that. That's not his true feelings. It's just like his official explanation of things. Uh, but I can't really object in this position because of the way that he's phrased it. Uh, then uh, the guy that Wheeler went to meet up with shows up, but uh, he's actually the other agent in disguise, the mustache agent. So it's it's okay. Uh, so now that they've gotten backup, he picks up Wheeler. And Lloyd picks up Fiona, who, again, has, like, all broken limbs at this point. Uh, and she starts freaking out and is just, you know, mentally screaming over it. Like, oh, my God! Twilight's carrying me! Ah! So she's doing it well. She's fine. Yeah, she's handling it great. This is one of the few times, like, normally I hate her shit, but I do just love her screaming. She's like, oh, my God, you had to put me down. This is going this. I can't stop this. If you don't put me down, I will literally die. <laughs> put me down ASAP. My heart will explode and I will die for real. <laughs> uh, they get, get out of the sewer. They get into a vehicle and they manage to get to safety. Uh, and uh, they start to, you know, kind of like wrap up events uh, Lloyd reports that, uh, you know, by catching Wheeler, we've succeeded in protecting the West's intelligence assets in the East. Huzzah! Fiona has lots of bandages on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they're like, all right, yeah, look, but it sounds like our mole in the SSS's comms team got taken down. Uh, even after catching Wheeler, we still can't get a clean win. It was hardly worth the effort. Uh, but they uh, are like, all right, it's kind of like a start to go home and stuff. Uh, as they're driving, uh, the third agent asks Lloyd, like, how are you? Are, are you and the wife, like, fighting right now? And Lloyd says, well, I don't know if I would call it a fight exactly. And yeah, remember a couple months ago when this arc technically got started off because uh, Yor was drunk and lashed out at Lloyd over some stupid stuff because she thought they were supposed to be fighting like a, a normal, quote unquote, married couple. Uh, so, yeah, Lloyd's still struggling on how to deal with that. Uh, and... Uh, Fiona says, like, it sounds like Operation Strix is still in danger. I'll accompany you home to investigate the source of friction. No! Go to a hospital! <laughs> <laughs> Every bone in your body is broken. Go to bed! Uh, Lloyd gets back home, uh, and, uh, he's like, God, it's been a long day! <laughs> uh, so, but he, you know, reflects on like if I hand banished to stop Wheeler, I wouldn't even be returning here at all. Just going about this mission on a daily basis is, is like walking a tightrope. And now I'd figure out how to deal with, you know, the <laughs> incomprehensible grievances that Yor had for me. I don't know, man. She actually kind of had some points when she, when she was lashing out randomly before. But Yor has, you know, like fully calmed down and just decided that all the stuff that she was screaming about 
was uh, kind of silly and they didn't need to be fighting. So she's just like, you know, normal and welcoming again when he gets in. Uh, and all the adrenaline fades from Lloyd in that moment and he collapses. And he's like, you really are losing your edge, Twilight. You got to stay alert. Uh, and uh, so she's he starts to say like, oh, I want to talk about this morning. I wanted to hear you out. I'm sorry that I couldn't before. And you're always like, oh, no, see, I was just talking with the girls from work. And she just explains the situation, basically. Uh, and it's like, I just kind of like made some stuff up to appear more normal because, you know, we're not like an actual married couple. This is just, you know, like an arrangement and stuff. So we didn't want people to be suspicious. And Floyd fully collapses. Like, what the hell? What is going on? This is so weird. I don't have energy to think. I'm too tired for this. <laughs> I do love he's like, I don't understand what the fuck she's talking about like i feel like we all have that point where like something gets said to us like i don't i still haven't i like, can't i can't i don't know what you're talking about good night <laughs> uh so he's fully collapsed on the ground and is like look i'm sorry but can you just like handle like the housework for today and tomorrow i'm so fucking tired right now and it says yeah i'd be happy to and then she kind of giggles a bit because he's like, you know, I think that what I really wanted wasn't to have gripes with you. It was actually just to be able to take care of you and have you rely on me a little bit. Because I know that you're, you could do pretty much anything by yourself. And so when times are hard for you, you try to spare me from it. But I don't think you need to be so perfect all the time. When you actually help, help ask me for help, it may be kind of happy. And... Lloyd smiles a little bit and is like, oh, well, hearing you say that actually makes me feel a lot better. But he thinks to himself, the thing is, I've become painfully aware of how weak I actually am. And when I looked into Wheeler's eyes, I remembered I live in a world in which only the perfect survive. And that's why and Yuri Batch is in and is it and is in the room. He's come because we have to wrap up one more thing which was, of course, that they encountered each other on the mission. So he knock, bashes the door in and says, "Yor, you gotta hear something! Uh, and uh, he's hurt as well, of course, from having beat, had the shit knocked out of him by uh, Twilight. And uh, he says, like, oh, I uh, was preparing a report, but I made a ton of mistakes and my supervisor body slammed me. <laughs> okay, I, that is technically an explanation. Lloyd's explanation for being beaten up is that he had to, uh, that one of his patients was a pro wrestler and who got a bit uh, ornery, which is a better explanation at least. But uh, uh, so he says like, oh, I'll go make some tea. But his arm is straining a little bit. And Yuri has a moment of revelation like, wait a minute, his arm. Yeah. Is his arm hurt? This this is some real fucking uh, what, Hank on the fucking toilet, like WW. Wait a minute. <laughs> and uh, so he remembers like, wait a minute, I shot Twilight in the arm. There's no way. And he dashes to, to Lloyd, rips up his sleeve and his arm's fine. There's no wound. And uh, so immediately yours like, what are you doing? And uh, he says, uh, you should keep your sleeves rolled up around open flames for safety. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, how sweet. <laughs> That's so nice of you, Yuri. <laughs> and then so she's just Yuri like, anyway, get out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, Yuri's like, oh, okay, that's, yeah, that's, of course it's not him. And Twilight also turned into Wheeler and, and all that stuff. There's no way that he's, yeah, he's, he's not 
that close to the situation. She's just that good. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yor shows him out the door and uh, she says, like, oh, why don't you go get cleaned up? And Lloyd goes in the shower and he reveals that he hid his wound with the same like artificial flesh that he uses to disguise his face. Uh, of course, he's, his arm is still injured. And he's like, I'm glad that I you know, thought to disguise the wound just to be safe. Uh, but do you really figure out I was hurt just from watching my arm for a few seconds? No, this is this is exactly what I was just thinking about. The moment a spy allows a seed of doubt to take root, he's as good as dead. Pull yourself together. And he's really hard on himself. Um, and then he smells something burning, and he's, he's like, "What? What? What's happened? Is something wrong?" Be on guard, Twilight. You are tried doing the ironing, and somehow uh, Lloyd's shirt caught on fire, yeah. which uh, is very impressive. Um, so. Uh, this was a nice uh, wrap-up chapter to everything, I think. Uh, uh-huh. a, 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 I, I was not the biggest fan of this arc of things because it was just very, like, serious spy action business. Uh, but I liked the conclusion to the, the climax of it, rather, with Nightfall just being like, fuck this guy, I'm going to break my limbs to beat him up, and she did. And uh, this was a nice, satisfactory kind of sign of things moving forward in terms of like how Lloyd's mental state is uh, coming out of all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I think this is, uh, it's, it's funny. Uh, it, it had some dramatic points. Like I legit was also kind of right there when, uh, your, or Yuri is like, ah, I think I, I fucking got you. This is your goddamn arm. I saw that before. Like, I was like, Ooh, and I was like, Oh, never mind. Twilight got us both. Yeah, um, it's a good twist. It's good stuff. I, I don't know. I think everybody came off relatively pretty good in the chapter. It does feel like yours significance in this story was very much a trophy. So I, I do hope we get something with her to give her some more character soon. She she had like a great part in the boat and everything like that. Maybe this is just Lloyd's boat, basically. Lloyd's. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess it's good stuff. The sewers are my boat. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Nick, do you want to talk about Eden Zero? I can talk about Eden Zero. <sighs> I guess let's talk about Eden Zero. This it... is Eden Zero, Chapter 251, Escape from Planet Milts. So last time, Joker Helix made this big announcement. It's like, I'm going to get everybody. And they're like, oh, my God, the lights are out. Is the Mother Ether okay? And be like, yep, it's fine. Let's grab it and let's get out of here because it, it, it lights up. It activates. It's showing the way. They're like, cool. All right. It's ready to go. Take it and get out of here, basically. But they're like, ah, what, we can't contact the Eden Zero. This is real bad. And Old Man Wise is like, don't worry, guys. There's machines in here. I'm going to use them for a second. And I don't know why Shiki and Happy are like, what? You could use the same ether gear that Wise uses? Like, they're the same person. One's just older. Why would you assume he couldn't use it? I guess because they didn't see him use it before. I guess. Uh, so he's making a very com- a simplified comm network, but this is apparently an extraordinarily impressive thing. They're like, wow, this is super cool. And he manages to contact them. And old Weiss is like, oh, I don't know who you are. And then young Weiss is like, hey, don't ask a question. That bunch of people laugh because they're like, ha ha, Weiss has an old man version of himself. I don't. It's, he doesn't even look all that embarrassing. He's just kind of a middle aged looking guy. 
Like I, he doesn't, it's not like he's bald or, or anything like not that there's anything wrong with being bald. I say as a guy whose hairline continues to recede, but I mean, like, no, there's nothing about him that you look at and go, oh, he looks ridiculous. It's yeah. like, no, he's a very fit looking old man. <laughs> Everyone just laughs. and like, he is an old man. He, he eventually becomes old. Uh, but they're like, oh, man, what's going to go on? How are we going to get out of here? The Joker Helix is all around. Feather's like, I found them. All 100 of her. Holy shit. They're like, wow, that's too many. All of them have their, uh, you know, mechanic of like time stopping. They're like, how are we possibly going to deal with that? And they're like, we just won't get close. Why says as he cocks a gun and then Hamora pulls out a bow and arrow i don't think she've have we she's seen never done before <laughs> i'm not gonna go on record and say she has never done this before because i very easily could have forgotten but this does feel like a very convenient thing that every every character is like don't worry i also have ranged attacks um you know we just we just need to do like a character reclass it's like it's all right this this berserker you can they actually stat really well as a dark mage so mm -hmm. it's good yeah uh Rebecca's plans are like, hey, you guys go. We're going to stay here to protect the planet. And Rebecca's like, okay, I love you. I promise I'll be back. Old Weiss goes to Pina and is like, if anything happens to me, take this. And Pina's like, nah, this is a death flag, dog. I'm not taking it. You, you, you have something you need to tell me. Tell me later. Uh, it's uh, actually kind of annoying because she literally says, like, I understand this is what they call a death flag. It's like, all right, cool. I mean, it's weird to set it up. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. It's one of these things that, like, because Hero's writing is oftentimes just very disappointing. I don't know how I feel about him calling out the tropes as he's yeah. doing them. Uh, but we shall see. Anyway, our characters go out. There's a whole bunch of them. They use all their range attacks. They're super cool. Uh, Weiss wants to show off, so he pulls out Arsenal, which impresses old man Weiss. He's like, wow, this is really cool. And it's like, yeah, they're the same person. Of course, they think it's cool. Uh, eventually, Rebecca's like, oh, right. I'm, like, immune to this. I'm just going to run up and start kicking them with my overdrive form. Uh, we get a joke about how our overdrive form is too provocative. It's stupid. Uh, they make it to the Eden Zero, but then Feather stops and is like, wait, no. There's something inside the ship. We cut to the inside of the ship and it looks like everyone is frozen. And we see Joker Helix is approaching uh, Witch and Hermit. Yeah. My favorite part of this chapter is in the Was one of the end? Well, there's that. Uh, yes. Uh, my favorite part of this chapter was just right at the very beginning when the lights are on. They're like, does anyone have a light? And Peanut goes, search light mode. And her light, her eyes just go, boom. That was it. It's funny. It's a nice joke. Oh, this tiny robot with the giant beams of light coming out of her head. <laughs> I thought your this was like a Statler and Waldorf bit. You're like my favorite part was at the beginning when the lights were off. There was less manga to have to look at. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of talking to serve very little purpose in this chapter, and there's in the second half it there is a lot of action that serves very little purpose so hero cannot write an escape in an exciting chase he just can't do it it doesn't it's just beyond him at this point because like this is the thing where you're like this is like the fourth time 
the Eden Zero characters have been like, it's time to make our big brave escape. And it's just nothing. Like, it's weird, too, because I think of, like, the big escape in Alabasta or at the end of Dressrosa when Fuji, uh, Fujitora shows up and, like, lifts up the pier and all that cool shit. Like, something cool like that happening. That Every time Hero does it, it's just, like, six characters running a line. All get to do their individual power thing. And then they're like, we made it home, guys. I mean, yes, technically you're on a cliffhanger, but you're not going to trick me into thinking that Joker Helix is going to kill anybody. I can almost imagine the next chapter starts and Hermit's like, I tripped the floor to electrify you because I knew someone would try to sneak up on us or some shit like that. Like, I just I just feel like nothing is going to, like, lead to anything here. And also just the Hedon Zero's got just too many fucking crew members. <laughs> it's just too many characters involved in every single sequence of anything that happens because there's like 20 of them. They're involved in in every single like action scene that happens because they're all doing something and they're all broke. They're all busted this shit at this point. They all and a lot of them just do all the same stuff because it's like shooting lasers or mm-hmm. slashing laser swords or whatever. Uh, no one has like unique properties of anything they do in terms of stuff that actually affects anything because, yeah, it's just like, well, there's a bunch of like stuff that we need to beat. And there's never any unique situations that they there's no unique set pieces that uh you know make the encounter interesting it's just like well there's just some stuff that we have to fight yeah and that's the, it yeah they don't use the locale in an interesting way uh the setting isn't really explored there's not really a lot of dramatic tension or, or conflict it's just like hey let's go everybody i completely forgot that this was like the snow planet during like this sequence even what do you mean nick there was a hot spring they had to use because it's really cold yeah yeah that was that's basically the only thing that actually (laughs) oh and there's clocks nick there's a lot of clocks like what if they had like had to like go descend down a snowy mountain or or something like that at least something to visually distinguish this from every other one of these sequences that we've had in this part of the story (sighs) all right Kanebanashi. Big chapter of Kanebanashi. Huge two-page color spread of the gang all hanging out during summer on the beach. Holy shit. All the boy, the boy Rakugoka are fucking ripped. <laughs> They're so muscly. Look at Shigaba. He is jacked as shit. <laughs> yeah, everyone in this beach is weirdly ripped for some reason. It's uh, a little surprising. Telling stories gets you jacked, I guess. Yeah, when you had to kneel down on that pillow the whole time, your abs fucking explode. <laughs> yeah, they're just, I guess, playing beach ball, I guess. And uh, is getting hit in the face. Or, Story she, or she's become superhumanly strong and she's just actually hit, like, slammed a watermelon into his face. <laughs> and he's in the process of dying. Like the, there's so much concussive force there. The next shot is his head exploding out the back. And she managed to hit the watermelon so hard that it explodes his skull, but not the watermelon. Yeah, the, the watermelon <laughs> honestly deserves an award. Uh, story 73. And the winner is... And uh, yeah, we get the uh, conclusion to that big buildup last time of like, hey, did Akane overcome Hikaru Arakawa's total score of 93 points? And she got 92. Uh, 
and we get the breakdown where she got uh, 19 from two of the judges, 18 from the third, 20 from the live audience, 16 from the streaming audience. So uh, we see everyone like reacting to this, uh, including uh, Hikaru's manager, who was really, really pumped up because he realized like, holy shit, she won. Uh, and Hikaru was announced as the winner. Mm-hmm. And uh, immediately, of course, we start getting some like analysis. Uh, the third judge who we you know have seen just kind of like interacting with uh, with uh, Gakuman, uh, the the uh, the critic, uh, the critic, uh, he starts to analyze like the difference maker was the streaming audience because Hikaru got a, a perfect twenty and Akane had only sixteen. Everything else, like they were basically like dead even on, or Akane had like a very slight edge on. Uh, but just that gulf between them led to Hikaru winning by a single point. Uh, and yeah, it's like she, it was like a little stiff at the start. So then because it, they, she didn't grab the audience, it was hard to win them back, even though she grabbed the live audience. So you can also reacts to it and he, he also recognizes Shinta in Akane's performance. Like it reminded me a lot of him. Uh, before and after her transformation. Uh, so we skip past the award ceremony uh, and uh, you know, all the Rakugoka are leaving. Uh, and uh, Zeiss is like, all I did was embarrass myself. True. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's like, happened. yes, that is uh, one for one, beat for beat what you've done so far. Yeah. But he says, like, ah, but I got a performance offer from Master Ryujaku. I guess the people with a real eye for talent know it when they see it. And Kaiji's like, oh, I think I got invited to the same event. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> can't get like, a w. Can't, I can't get anything. Uh, Akane turns to Hikaru and she says, hey, you're not going to quit Rakugo, are you? Because, of course, Hikaru's words to her before her performance were, I became a Rakugoka so that I could beat you. But Hikaru closes her eyes and she says, in the scoring breakdown, you are ahead of me in every category except the streaming audience. So, no, I won't quit. But you better be ready for me to totally thrash you next time. She gives her a little pat on the back. Mm. Uh, and then Kaichi's like, yes, sports rivalry. Ha ha. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I do love he like pops up so enthusiastically. Ooh, yeah. a proper sports rivalry. Yeah. And then Zai's like, yeah, I had a bad strategy this time. That's all. What you saw doesn't represent what I'm truly capable of. And Hikaru and Kaichi are just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them are like, mm-hmm. He's like, come on. No, I really Shut don't up. suck. I am good. I'm talented. I, I got to hear. <laughs> Uh, but then Akane speaks up and she's like, I'm going to win by a mile next time. And, uh, and so they're all just kind of like, you know, like barb, you know, shooting barbs at each other and stuff. And Kaiji's like, ah, oh, bittersweet youth. So then they part ways. Uh, you know, Akane goes home and uh, she gets a message uh, on her phone uh, from, uh, uh, I think that this is Maikeru, I want to say. Uh, and, uh, it just says like, Hey, you know, we're all at master cells, uh, you know, tough break, but, uh, if you want to stop by, you know, you're, you're free to, and she starts to type out, Oh, thanks. I'll be right over. But she runs into Kaisei 
And uh, he says, yeah, uh, Master Ken called me. So I'm kind of in a hurry. And so she, she bows and, you know, respectfully to him. And he says, the stage really isn't the place to go searching for yourself. But the second half wasn't bad. It's a real shame. I would have liked to perform at the same event as you. Ooh. Uh, and uh, then we see Gurika. The message that Akane actually sends to him is, I'll pass. So that one interaction, uh, suddenly not in, the, uh, not in the mood to hang out and be with people. Yeah. All because of that. So Akane, you know, she, she goes for a walk, uh, walks through the station, uh, and she looks up at, you know, some places that, you know, she passed by before, and she starts to remember walking with her dad, practicing Jugmu, uh, and she starts crying. Just a big full-page spread of just tears streaming down her face, and she just thinks to herself as she wipes them away, I wanted to win with dad's story. I wanted to win so badly. And as she keeps on walking and wiping away the tears, she starts kind of just practicing Jugemu by herself again. And that's the chapter. Uh, <laughs> that sucks. Um, it's a good chapter, though. Uh, really needed this chapter, I feel like. Uh, for Akane's development um, in the sports manga sense, like there's gotta be a, there's gotta be a moment where the where the protagonist loses in a sports manga, and this was a good she loses in the end thing because she you know it's it's it sucks for a couple of reasons you know she misses out on her chance to perform the show with Kaisei. Uh she the big thing of course is like she wanted to win her way. Uh, by doing it with her dad's story and she failed uh, and so even though she we saw has gotten a lot of growth and very valuable experience from this she didn't win in the way that she wanted to and that sucks so i really really like this yeah got some good emotions satisfying i hope she goes home and hugs her dad yeah, me too. Can, can they interact in real life now, please? <laughs> in real life, Nick. They're actually in your house. Excuse me a second. Akane? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, shall we move on? Yeah, let's talk about Blue Box. This one won't break our hearts. <laughs> oh my god, this is more emotionally <laughs> devastating. <laughs> Chapter 112, got it all sorted out. Yeah, it's all under control, everybody. I'm 15, and I've got everything figured out. I'm 15. I figured out my emotions. Yeah, the guy, like, dumped me, but it's okay. I've got this, and I am not going to be upended by anything else I discover about him and not his relationships. This is a Hina chapter. And uh, so we see, uh, you know, Hina, like, you know, kind of going about her day at the beginning, you know, saying hi to people, uh, going into the gym, sees Kyo, Kyo, talking with Taiki. And uh, she thinks to herself, like, you know, for a while there, I literally couldn't look at Taiki. But now I'm fine with it. And, uh, you know, she goes up to him, Villar, is like, is, and uh, while he's, you know, carrying some stuff to the equipment room, is like, hey, carry this for me, too. You know, teasing him and stuff. 
and uh, she thinks, and on top of that, we can talk like we used to again. So this is great. Uh, and uh, she says, so how's it feel being 16 years old or three years old? Because she made that joke about him being three because she's known him for three years. I think that's the joke. I think that's it. Uh, and Taiki says, I feel like an adult. You won't for long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, she's like, yeah, we're friends. We're friends again. This is great. Uh, but she says, hey, you know, you got to step your game, Taiki, because if you don't tell Jinatsu Senpai how you feel soon, she might get swept up by some first year guy. And uh, he stops walking. Uh, and uh, Kina, you know, takes a moment to, to like turn around as he just kind of it gets this look it's like so oh devastating it just stops turns actually <laughs> and just tells her like yeah we're go- we like we don't see any of the conversation at all but it's clearly like we're going out now like we i confess we're going out so we catch up with hina afterwards uh, she's just by herself sitting on the steps and she thinks like so we told her oh that happened really quickly and when I got dumped, it felt like my heart had been bashed with a hammer and smashed into pieces. Now, it hurts like nails are clawing into it. <sighs> this, uh... <laughs> it's brutal. This home. I, I, uh, Ninja reminded me, said very recently, like, I want some more Hina in the series. I didn't want it like this. I didn't want her pain to be so much worse. <laughs> this really, really hits home. Uh, I've, I've, I've felt this on an unreciprocated crush before. Like there's, there's stages of it that you go through, and so it's like there's the initial like, oh, it's not gonna happen moment, and then there's the like. The, the greater realization at, at progressive points like no it is literally no no that that, that that person does not have feelings back for you sorry <laughs> you know um and yeah it does feel like there's just like a different pain that still sucks really badly and uh she's just grimacing through it and she's like i'm not gonna cry i've moved on i will get through this heartache I am a third place winner at nationals. I'm the great Hina Chono. Her claw, her her heart still feels like nails are digging into it. I've got to get over this already. Poor girl. Oh, you take go home. You take the long ass bubble bath, like obscenely long, really long. Mm-hmm. You start. You gotta start that healing process. It sucks every step. This is where you're like, I want to go into this manga so I can hug Hina and be like, it's okay. Taiki sucks. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's done nothing wrong but fuck that guy <laughs> uh the door that Hina is leaning against uh kyo kyo opens from the inside so she like falls backwards a bit he's like ah you scared me um and uh so uh she obviously is still like really upset about you know what has just happened but the two of them get distracted because ayame is off you know because they're behind one of the school buildings getting confessed to by a guy and the guy's like will you go out with me i think you're really cute and ayame kind of looks off to the side for a second and says sorry i need some time to think about it so he, he says okay and then heads off 
Uh, she immediately like looks over, sees the two of them are like kind of like look watching this happen. She's like, "Oh, were you eavesdropping?" Just immediately turns the tables on them. Like, "Oh, were you eavesdropping on me? Come on, guys, fuck you." <laughs> so, um, so, uh, Hina's like, "So, what are you gonna tell him?" And Ayame says, "Well, you know, I haven't had a boyfriend for a while. I guess I could go out with him, and you know, it is fun going on dates, so I could consider it." Uh, and so Hina thinks for a second and she's like, oh, everyone's so grown up. Ayame, can you introduce me to a boy? I want to know what it's like to go on dates. I need to meet new people. Uh, and Ayame thinks for a second. She's like, well, all the guys I know are low lives. <laughs> Everyone I know sucks. I'm sorry. I date real dickheads. <laughs> it's like, she doesn't say all the guys she's dated she says, all the guys I know, it's yeah. like, Kyo, Kyo is standing next to you, <laughs> But she says, if I find a handsome prince who's the perfect fit for you, I'll introduce him to you. I know you want the experience, but you deserve someone who will make your heart race. Until then, hang out with me, and we'll have self-improvement time. Uh, and so they kind of like go off to like do girl time and stuff. And Joe's like, well, I guess I'll just go to this dumpster here because I guess this is where I belong, according to Ayame. <laughs> uh, and uh, Hina also looks at Kyo and says, and if you know anyone good, introduce him to me. It's like, God damn it, this, this guy. I don't think he deserves this. <laughs> He's too boring to deserve this. <laughs> He's done nothing wrong but exist. <laughs> But uh, he says, have you gotten it all sorted out so you can fall for someone new? Which is such a, like, intrusive thing to say. It's like, that's not what she's trying to do, Kyo. <laughs> it's, it's very important. Kyo is, is, is weirdly wise about this sort of stuff where he is just like, are you ready to fall for someone new? Like, he's kind of just like, do you, he's trying to identify, like, hey, are you in, like, the good headspace? But yeah, it is a little bit strange. He, he's just like, eh, maybe you shouldn't be meeting anybody right now. Uh, and of course, Hina, you know, looks down, still feels the nails digging into her heart and just like looks up, fake smile on her face. Yep, I'm fine. Ready for that. Uh, and uh, Kyo kind of just makes a blank face at that. Ayame is kind of looking over her shoulder, at the two of them. Oh, boy. And now that Shinatsu <gasps> and Taiki are just straight up dating, are we going to pull uh, Akagiya-sama love is war and just like shift to the beta couple uh, shenanigans? Are we going like, to resolve we, this relationship now? If we got, because they've teased Ayame and Kyo a little bit. A lot, yeah. What if Hina starts to develop feelings for Kyo and, I, and that becomes reciprocated and Ayame, I don't know, my mind's like, don't do this to me. I can't deal with all these sad children being sad. <laughs> but this is a shonen manga. We can't have an op we can't have a polycule. It's not gonna work. <laughs> it won't allow us. <laughs> Mr. Jump says the only booty allowed is all for him. <laughs> he says it with a different That'd be the <laughs> That be the Captain Jump way. <laughs> The only poly I'll stand be the bird on my shoulder. 
And no queers either. <laughs> like, all right now, Mr. Chuck. I, I was on board with your your playful conservatism, but you've got a step too far. Do you, like, have a fun, like, expression for that? Yar, it be I hate the gays. <laughs> Get them semen off me boat. <laughs> then lesbians, I guess. Those <laughs> are those, I guess. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. all right. I'm not. I don't like Cap to jump anymore. <laughs> he sucks. Right. Let's talk about Cipher Academy. It's chapter thirty-five. When leaders tolerate humiliation, then even wars become virtuous. What does all this right. mean, Nick? Can you can you break this one down? Usually, I kind of get it. They also usually put code in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but like this one, I'm just like, what? I guess wars are good if you accept being humiliated. I don't know what this I means. Guess. I I don't know. It it, it doesn't. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's uh, we catch up a bit more with with uh, class A. Uh, because and we are told there's been 30 minutes since the beginning of the capture game the frog team is holed up in the hideout to guard their the people that they have captured uh and we get kind of this like justification for it in terms of strategy in that like look you know we're already down a man uh, and we've got three people that we've captured and we really don't want to like lose that advantage anyway <laughs> coming out of class b are Quoka the bear and riding on her back Tonbo the leading private and they just start charging towards class A's base uh and there's a they make a joke of some kind that I don't get uh, a bear and Kintaro I don't know this reference uh, anyway so the bear is charging towards them coming for the water and Yusamura says like don't break formation even though it's a bear the slug team can't touch the frog team. Uh, and then instead of charging across the water, uh, the bear just, you know, just like dog paddles across it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh it's so cute. Uh, and <laughs> because of that, uh, uh, Riku Kato, the leading private, uh, just lands on the base and challenges Iroha to a, a co-battle. I was like, just give me back my allies. So... We get a reestablishment that, like, this is the only way that uh, the capturee team can challenge the capturer is to do a jailbreak. Uh, and so this is a code battle that they start through a declaration as opposed to snatching tails and stuff. If the prey loses, they become a prisoner as well. Uh, so Iroha has to be the one to give the code. And so he says... What's the code for my ball and chain shackle? <laughs> it's a good move. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Im- immediately, uh, Riku Kato says uh, it's 3493. And uh, so pff, it comes off immediately. And uh, so Riku Kato says to the three people who have been captured, run, come on. Because uh, we, yeah, we only get so much of a head start before they ca- they're allowed to come and capture us again. Uh and uh, so she starts uh, to leave, and she also says, I'm the only one ra- allowed to ride on Quokka's back. Fair enough. But Iroha wants to ask, like, hey, how did you know what, what the code was? 
and she says, you think we can't see people if their faces aren't visible? Although it may be an inhuman dialogue, a human is the one who set the code. Sansukumi is the kind of wordplay that instructor Ikusu likes. Okay, so it's bullshit then. <laughs> Nick, what do you mean? You couldn't have figured out this code? It was a pretty easy one. Yeah, fuck off. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Class A is just kind of like left to like re-strategize. And uh, Iroha says, hey, can I go and rescue Anonymity-san now that you know my shackle's gone uh, and I don't have to be the guard anymore? Uh, so... They're like, all right, yeah, so Anonymity caught three people so that we get her back on the battlefield and we might have a chance of winning. Tochisai points out, hey, are you really think that far ahead when you asked that question? You know, just so that you could, you know, like, get the shackle off. And Hiroi uh, says, well, I did want to win, uh, but I don't want to abandon an imprisoned ally even during a mock battle like this. Remember, I was a prisoner once, too. Mm. Poor kid. He's been through trauma. <laughs> he has been through a weird amount of trauma. Yeah. Uh, so he says, like, look, I promise we're going to win. So let me go and save anonymity. And uh, like, all right. Yeah. So no, he may volunteers to take over guard duty. She seems like a good choice for that. Uh, and, but Toshisai says, promise me one more thing. No matter what happens, you'll both come back alive and in one piece. All right, calm down, Toshisai. <laughs> You're playing tag. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, Iroha promises, and we get introduced to what the snake team uh, is actually like operating out of, which is the fucking treehouse, the big old tree. So uh, Iroha's like, all right, they've removed the ladder to get up there, and they pulled it up after themselves. Uh, so they probably actually like transmit a code to the bottom in order to lower a rope down. Or they could recognize their teammate, whatever. But uh, Iroh is like, time for gymnastics. I hope that I don't get any splinters from this. Ha! Does a bunch of a whole ass parallel bars routine, snapping his way up the tree to cl- uh, next to the treehouse to climb it. And he fully vaults. And I guess there's no roof to this treehouse. And he just lands in the middle of it between everyone and declares a guard battle. Uh to Hakanage, one of the members of the uh, interrogation class, and uh, he says, yeah, give me back my ally. So, cool finish. Good job, Iroha. Yeah, this is extremely cool finish. I do, like, Iroha looks super cool in this chapter. Like, it was a great move for him to be like, all right, you want to do a code battle? What's the code to my thing? Because it's kind of like a, not win-win, but like, even losing doesn't feel that bad because he's like, okay, now I can move again. I'm free. Um, and I love that he's like, I want to go after anonymity, son. I know what it's like to be a prisoner, and that's the torture club. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not leaving her there. So I just think he looks, he comes off very, very cool in this sequence. Yeah. It's nice to have your hero be a cool hero. Speaking of heroes being cool, New Sexorcist, Chapter 13, Hollow Weapon Release! <laughs> Uh, well, Nick, we're going to finally find out what his sword does, right? No, we're not. Gakuro oh. has unleashed, unlocked his hollow weapon special trait. It's on fire, kind of. Anyway, he immediately goes back to being at his regular civilian this, form. This is wild. Because when he transforms, nobody can see where he is, like normal like kids. So everyone's in that moment, they were like, where the fuck did Gakuro go? Yeah. And then he 
deactivates the swarm and reappears. Everyone's like, oh, there he is. Like, there he is. no, <laughs> I'm sorry. Everyone collectively was like, where the fuck did he just go? And then he reappears and they're just like, all right, time for math class. Yep. Uh, so he's like, what happened just now? Shiro is ignoring him uh, because, you know, she's supposed to be distancing herself from him now. He goes to see Nui instead. And she's like, oh, congrats on your release and stuff. I'm just, you know, like playing with the models, I guess. <laughs> uh, so she explains, at first, a hollow weapon is covered with rust and removing the rust will unlock its inherent power. The abrasive for removing that rust are spirits. Since you defeat a lot of spirits, it was ready to unlock at any given time. But you needed a powerful desire stemming from your soul to lead it to its release. And then all the pieces were in place. With this, you'll be able to pierce even Shikigami defenses with your blade. You've dealt with a, you've acquired a way to deal with Shiroha's Shikigami. But uh, you have yeah, to train that later. You should rest for today. But he's like, no! You please train me more. Even if I can beat Fujino now, I can't save her. Uh, is like, all right, but you know, you're not in a good state physically. He's like, I'm fine. I rested your boobs now. Oh, real. This is the way of the hero to bleed heavily from the nose and collapse in a girl's boobies. Which he does, yeah. and then he passes out. Uh, and then we get uh, a nightmare uh, of which Gakuro has of uh, Shiroha. Um, it seems to be from her past. Yeah, she's like a young kid in this. She's a kid being, you know, a a a, a an exorcist and stuff, uh, killing people and stuff. Uh, and she's heavily wounded, and she's like, I, I need to heal. Uh, and uh, the her master says, like, I will heal your wounds. And she says, thank you. So proceed immediately to your next mission. I won't heal your next wounds, so you better fight well. And she just has to fucking deal with it. And she's like, all right, understood. So she's just been, you know, programmed since she was a kid to do this. Uh, Gakuro wakes up, not in Nui's lap. She actually made him a bed. Thank you. Uh, he's been asleep for a day and a half because he was really, really tired, I guess. Uh, and, uh, then Nui says, you can rest for the remainder of the day. He's been sleeping for a day and a half. <laughs> Give him some food. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but she tells him to be careful on it on, uh, his way home. So he starts to walk off and, uh, he realizes like, oh, so Fujino should still be on security duty. He comes across Shiroha and uh, sees that she has just finished off some, you know, faceless, unimportant spirits that are all indistinguishable from each other. I think uh, thousands of them in this school and so always many. will be. Uh, she spots him, immediately turns away and starts to walk off. And uh, Yajima is like, were you able to get your, you were able to get your wound sealed? And, uh, she doesn't respond, so he remembers when she said, like, oh, it would be nice to play a video games with everyone. She's like, when are we gonna play video games? I think we should do it after our duel! She keeps on walking away, so he's like, ah! If I win, I want you to tell me about your family! Like, about your family's rules! The power they have! What they'll do if you lose! So, when I win, I'll say... And she turns to him and looks very very scary like shadow over her face and everything and she said and uh 
he freezes instantly as she glares at him. And she says, you've been giving it your all to defeat me. And you've grown in such a sh so much in such a short time. This is good. I can measure your abilities now. And Yajima realizes, like, oh, she's very strong and scary. Why did I think I could win against her? <laughs> like, yeah, you got a little bit ahead of yourself there, didn't you? Um, so she kind of like taps him on the shoulder and she says, three days left. Hang in there. And I'm sorry about this, but forget about our promise to play the games. I've realized it's a waste of time for me. So she's just very cold, detached, gone into her programming again. Uh, she's the perfect, you know, soldier again. She walks off. Gakuro's uh, nose started bleeding again uh, while he was under her pressure because he's a big hero. Uh, Nui shows up, offers him a hanky to wipe away the blood. Uh, and he says to her, I've been going about this the wrong way. I thought since you set the match up, I could win if I tried my best. But that's not the case. She's not someone I can defeat with my current abilities alone, no matter how much I trade. If I was so delusional as to think about what I do after winning, I didn't know my place. I All right. like that. Uh, like, we established the idea that it is, she is so like hockey terrifying like it's just her mere presence that he immediately starts like convulsing and bleeding from the nose and then afterwards he's like oh i didn't realize how fucking strong she was <laughs> shouldn't have done this bet this was a bad plan this has been a weird sequence of events we went last chapter it became like oh it's not just that i have to beat her i have to be strong enough to save her and then it's like what the fuck was i thinking the very next <laughs> chapter that was a dumb idea holy shit she's real strong so Nui says all right look i'll make this quick you can't beat her fair and square but so i'll teach you so a technique i'm going to fill your pockets full of sand <laughs> <laughs> so we're go we have a few days to spare thanks to your efforts, so make sure you give this your absolute best. This also concerns the next matter shortly after. What do you mean next matter? It's like you I know you want to save Shiroha from her family, right? You know your place, but you haven't given up on her completely. It's okay. I know you can do it. And so Magic was like, Yay, thank you. Uh we cut outside to Kuakuka. Shiro has... Please, his name is Black Butler. <laughs> we got outside to Shiro's Black Butler guy, uh, who is uh, watching this conversation. Uh, and he, uh, after uh, Gakuro goes home, approaches uh, Nue and uh, says, Hey, I'd like to know why you set up this match. Uh, it concerns me if you plan to break my companion through some underhanded scheme. Uh, and Nue's like, Well, Gakuro's progress has been splendid, and his growth is very important for my own goal. And uh, this isn't a crazy match. Gakuro is going to win. Uh, and Black Butler says, well, when you put it that way, I can't help but get excited to watch the battle. I will enjoy watching you anguish in misery. It's the night of the duel! ba 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 Hard cut! Uh, and it is night, and uh, Gakuro is standing in a hallway, and Shiroha approaches with uh, in her full uh, exorcist form with her weapon ready. And uh, Nick, they are. Please, all it has a name. Fight. It's called Soul Gear. 
Yeah. How could you forget, Nick? The world building in this series has been exquisite. (laughs) Her weapon Uh, had rust originally at some point. (laughs) And then she killed enough spirits. It's not rusty anymore and has a special property. I don't think we know what it is. She cast Uh, a spell before that made like six birds. She's like, this is one of the most powerful spells in existence. Yeah, it's it's Hado. I mean, Shikigami. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, this is another one of those chapters where it's like, I kind of see what you're going for, and I like it in theory, but it's just very weird and awkward all the way through in every step of the execution. This was very much like a return to form for, for a new sexorcist. After the last chapter, where I was like, oh, this is actually half good. It was like, no, nah, no, nah, this is like one-tenth, one-twentieth one, good, maybe. A, a fragment good. <laughs> I didn't hate this, per se. Um, I just think it's a little... There's like silly drops and things like that, but I I do get the pacing they're trying to go for, which is like, we know his sword is special now, we know we can do things, but we're going to do the actual important training off screen so it can surprise the audience. Mm -hmm. And it's one of these things, it's like, I get it. I don't know. I I feel like I actually should like this because I feel like New Sexorcist is putting in the work. But it's also very dumb, and his nose keeps ble- like he's such a loser <laughs> that like the fact that he's mildly admirable is like endearing, but he's still such a goober. Yeah, it's it is kind of like just watching a series that is about the dumb sidekick being the main hero. Uh, so, and it's not like meant to come across that way. <laughs> But it is, yes, weirdly endearing. Uh, Quinn, well, let's talk about, I don't know, the third to last chapter of Tidmaki Cinema. Stop! <laughs> Stop! You're not wrong, but you can't do this to me. Scene 17, beach location trip, day one. Uh, yeah, they, they shoot some stuff for the movie. <laughs> like, that's kind of... They get almost everything. Nick, it's They're... almost done. <laughs> They're just tearing through so many sequences. There's some cute moments in between, like where uh, Karai says to to uh, her fellow actors for some of these shots, Beto and she, like, "You guys need sunscreen." <laughs> just you know, getting helping them apply it and stuff. Uh, we get a breakdown uh, when Beto is talking with uh, Hajime of like, "Look, you know, we we've got to like shoot some stuff out of order in order to actually like fit in as much of this as we can without having to do as many." as many costume changes as would be necessary if we shot everything in chronological order. There's also a nice note from Tanaka, which is like, yeah, a lot of student films just shoot in chronological order because then it's easy to tell what you have and haven't shot. And having shot stuff in chronological order for projects multiple times, yes, you're correct. Uh That's one of the main advantages of it. You just go through the script and check stuff off. Uh. So then they're like, all right, once we make it to, to, to this point, we can just like cool up the water. Uh, and uh, Hajime, you know, I was thinking about like, you know, like I'm kind of I'm glad that Karai seems happy because what Tanaka was saying earlier, it kind of had me worried because he was saying that like, oh, Karai's going to have to like face her mother at some point. So I was worried about what the hell that meant. Uh, they get to the water. Vito immediately tries to like jump in and Hajime's like, we've got 
seems to shoot first before you do that. Stop it. Uh, stops him, and so they you know, they shoot a scene where like, hey, Nagisa is you know is splashing uh, her friend, and so they they do those shots. They do the shot of Nagisa flowing in the water, and it's just like two pages, just like bam, bam, bam. All our scenes for this day of the beach shoot are done. That's it. Uh, a random karai cheesecake shot that's just like there it is, gone. Keep going. <laughs> we don't even have time to linger Boop, on. This. We're there for a Keep sec. Going. Bye, bye. They play games in an inn overnight. Oh, this would have been an entire chapter before. But keep going. Keep going. I can understand having this montage as is. It's a way to show that there's like all these quick shots and they're doing these things. Randomly, yeah, we had to get some cheesecake in for a moment. No one else is in the hot spring. Uh, But like I can see these things. Yeah, also. I feel like if this series had no time, yeah, these these would have been individual moments. It's God. There is a very legitimately sweet little moment where Hachime is like, he's there in the end, and he's like, I've got to edit the footage. And Karai comes and taps him on the shoulder. She's got a, like a deck of cards, and she's looking really sheepish. And they just, you know, spend a bunch of time playing cards together. And Karai's really, really happy because she has friends now. Uh-huh. Aww. It's very cute. Uh, because he could not uh, edit the film earlier, uh, Hajime edits <laughs> while he's in bed because this man is obsessed. Uh, and uh, so uh, he's like, all right, so there's the scene where Nagisa hears her mother uh, sounding happy in Tokyo. So she starts to run. They get to the pedestrian bridge. Nagisa opens up to Shimada about her mother. Uh, and he you know, envisions the scene in his mind going through the lines and stuff. And he's and it's like and the rain starts to fall, and and he literally just falls asleep while thinking about the movie while going over the script. It's very cute. It's so good, Nick. Why? Uh, I I can I think I've, I feel like I can tell you why. There hasn't been enough moments where the reader gets to see the product of the work and why it's impressive and important what they're doing i think kids just aren't movie nerds i that's kind of it is that there's the moment of like oh we shot the scene and stuff but like it doesn't carry across the sense of accomplishment and excitement in a way that is tangible to some people i think Uh uh and so if you're really into just like making stuff uh, and are interested in the process of making movies in any sh- way, shape, or form, it's like, oh, cool, they're making movies, and they're really passionate about it. Isn't that nice? And it's like, uh, no. Nah. Uh, like, I don't care about that. Uh, just, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna... Yeah. That's it. Uh, anyway, it's final final shoot of this of day two on the beach now. And so they're like, alright, here's the big moment. This is the last scene that, you know, that Hajime and Karai got so excited about uh, when they were, like, talking about it together uh, in, like, chapter two of the manga. And uh, Karai is kind of, like, lost in her in her uh, in herself for a second. And Hajime gets confused for a moment. And he's like, something's wrong. Uh, but Akitsu's like, hey, should, should I start rolling? Says, yes, okay, roll cameras, action. And uh, Karai starts to perform, but then she says... I, I, I can't say this line. I don't know how Nagisa feels. And I was like, oh, wait, what's the matter? Just do your lines naturally, like, like you always do. And she says, I can't. 
I can't do it like always. And she starts to panic and she says, I don't get Nagisa. And Tenmaku sweeps in and he's like, oh, did you forget that I was a ghost? Uh, yeah. It's going to be a little bit uh, creepy now. That was a legit moment. I was like, all right, there's a ghost in this series. <laughs> I forgot. That was the hook. And he says, it's time for you to step up. And he says, well, what, what, are you, what are you doing? What, what? And he's like, you guys have to figure it out. The director and actor have to search together for that certain something beyond what the script imagines. Right now, the story of the shore, in a sense, is trying to become more than the script I wrote. Surpass me, director Shinichi. Uh, so there is a problem that only Hajime can solve. And uh, yeah, we're going to see how that unfolds soon. Yeah. Very soon. <laughs> probably. Very, very, very soon, probably. Um, I don't know how many weeks in a row I can bemoan <laughs> the reality that I exist in. I'm just like, oh, I want spider powers. Not so I can, like, have spider powers, but so I can hop dimensions and maybe find one where I'm like, Tenmaku Cinema on its seventh year of publication still going just as strong. <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> Oh, uh, the universe is collapsing around me. Oh, well. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, of course, the world's most notorious terrorist, Phil Collins, is still at large. I'm like, well, that's that's something I'm going to take so much just to get used to. Oh, man. Someone's got, someone should stop that guy. <laughs> you, you, you go thwip to grab volume 72 of Tenmaku Cinema. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm real lazy. I'm like, this universe is Spider-Person. will deal with it. Like, no, Bill Collins killed this universe of Spider-Person. It was pretty graphic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the Elusive Samurai. <sighs> Chapter 121, Youthful Days, 1337. Hey, so we were introduced to the Killy guy. Well, it's not actually the Killy guy that they knew before. No, that 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 Killy guy we knew already. That's his youngest son, who also has a passion for, for killing people. He's like, yeah, my other son's really straight-laced. Only he understands my interests. We love killing. So great. But uh, one day, we were just like hanging out butchering people and he said i grow weary of killing for no purpose if i'm gonna kill i'd rather do it for a good cause and so his, his father gets all weepy over this like oh i wanted to kill more people together with my son but he went away to follow his purpose anyway um yep we get a little thing that says like yeah apparently this is a real person he was a very loyal retainer who also was a fucking horrible serial killer Yep. All right. All right. Fair enough. Hey, look, it's another retainer. This guy is uh, from the north, and he's got a very, very thick accent, so he speaks through a retainer, and uh, he very clearly just like points at Tokiyuki and his and his and, and the elusive warriors, and his, and literally is just like, "I'm so big, and they're so small with his hands," and he laughs about it, uh, and the translator just says like, "Pleased to meet you," and there was and Kochi was like, "You're clearly making fun of us. Fuck you." And Tokyo says, like, no, 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 no. These guys used to be our enemies. It's just a little teasing. We can endure it. Hey, time for the next person. It's Nita Tokuchimaru, the son of Nita Yoshisada, who's. Uh, oh, oh. This is straight up me back in history class with names I'm familiar with and still just be like, I don't care. 
I don't care what Teapot Dome scandal is. I just don't care. I'm sorry. I'm a dumb baby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm so dumb. So Lord Akiye comes over to Tokyuki and he's like, what's the matter? Are you, did you, you said you'd do anything, right? Was that untrue? Come on. Hug it out. And uh, he literally pushes the kids together to hug, and 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 uh, so yeah, we get more more stuff. Is like, oh yeah, Nita Tokujimaru is another important historical figure. He would later become a great warlord, but that at the time he wasn't even ten years old. So yeah, that yeah, yep. And they're gonna be allies for a long time. So get used to this. All right, all right. So then Tokyuki approaches. <sighs> Another, another character. It's it's the seventh son of the emperor, Noriyuki Shinino, Shino, and uh, yep, we meet them. Goodbye. <laughs> Next scene. Ah. Meanwhile, Shiba Inaga is meeting with another character. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> ah, stop it. We're just. We're just meeting a couple new people. I don't care about any of these people. They're just names from a history book. I don't care. Ah, establish why I should care about the character. This is not how you tell a story. Not Nick, because he's like a young kid, and kid, and like people in Jump love young kid characters. Why do you think they love Toshiro so much? Until they start dying and shit. Quinn, you 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 went to Catholic school. Uh-huh. You've done you've done like you've you've done like you've had to read like Bible stories, right? Yeah, a good amount of them. I've I've kind of like that. This is like like a big like cultural gap because you know there's a lot of references to Bible stories that are out there that go over my head because I have never like bothered to take the time to read the Bible. Uh, and this is part of the reason why is because I just hear is like it's just names and so and so is so and so's son and so and so's grandson and it's, it, it, they're just names and they don't like have distinguishing characteristics in any way they're just like and then this person was like you know the king here and this person was his son and he had a bunch of goats and it's like who cares I don't care about any of this <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I, I do get it. There's there's a lot. There's a lot that they're introducing. There's a lot of dynamics at play here. Um, it's tough to, like, process. But, like, I'm also just, like, accepting to a certain degree. Like, all right. When Elusive Samurai is talking about, like, historical characters... And sometimes we have to be introduced to them. Sometimes it takes a while before their character really gets fully formed. And we just have to get introduced to them first. And it's it's just kind of a game to see if you'll remember them all. <laughs> before they get like a personality. Because like there's, I don't know, there's like a hundred characters. Like I'm still sitting here waiting for the, the girl who got the metal arm to show back up in the story. Yeah. Like I'm like, I, I, you, you set it up so I know you're going to pay it off at some point. Uh, and they do introduce some stuff that like... I get it. Like, all right, Tokiyuki uh, has to work with uh, the son of one of his enemies. Okay, that's interesting. And like, hey, we're meeting Takuji or uh, yeah, Takuji's kid. Like, okay, mm-hmm. these are like significant characters. I can understand. I just don't 
objectively have a reason to care about them per se. There is like an an actual moment that where someone does something finally at the end here, which is that Shiba says to Yoshiakira, who is seven years old and is technically in charge of things in this city, like, yeah, so my army is going to leave Kamakura and allow Akie passage to Kyo, and then I'll follow him and pin him against the Ashikagas, and then it'll be certain victory. And Yoshiakira says, like, no, we can't flee. Why don't we fight here? My father entrusts me with this city. I'm, I, I can't flee without a fight. Uh, so, you know, you know, Shiva goes, mm, all right, all right. I, I've got a new idea. There will be casualties, but we'll we'll stake our lives and do your bidding and, and we'll do what you want to do. And when he walks up, Uesugi says, like, oh, are you sure about this? You had a better plan than for your first one. And, and she was like, no, 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 no. I suggested my backup plan first. So this way it's, quote unquote, his decision. And I've gained favor with the family and I also get to do what I want to do. So it's like, all right, that's interesting. And uh, he also senses like, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of internal strife amongst the Chicago. So I've got my own ambitions within this entire group. It's like, okay, someone's got something that I understand and can grab grasp onto at least right now. Uh, it's just not a dirge of names of people like this. Will be, this person will be important later. It's, they're going to be important later. So this was fine at the very, very, very end of this. But it, I just I had to get all that out of like, fuck, there's just three characters <laughs> and that's it. Can we talk about Black Clover now? Nick, let's talk about Black Clover. This is page 367, Black Bond. Uh, we opened the chapter. Damnatio has has been exiled of all of his, his evil L angel energy uh, because Asta was like, "Fuck you, magic swords, anti magic swords," uh, and he's 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 done it. He saved everybody, but the witch is like, "Oh, things are bad. Yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna save all of your friends." And she activates some magic the witch queen has like encapsulated all of them and has basically saved them and she just notes like look we cut it very close none of them have died but they probably would have if it was not for your this bird girl and her magic so Zekre is very thankful uh, but she's also like i am losing almost all of my power so vanessa Please become the witch queen in my place. And I thought this was going to be the, like the situation for like an interesting decision because it's like kind of in the chaos of everything. Uh, but then Dorothy Unsworth is like, ah, no, I'll just do it. <laughs> it's astonishing how like, how, like this, we set up. This is the most tension allergic sequence that I have ever seen. <laughs> this thing that we established years ago that there is this source of strife within the witch queendom because the witch queen is like vanessa you need to become the next witch queen and then it's like i don't want to do it i'm friends with the black bulls and 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 we have a big you know long arc about me not doing that and then dorothy is like oh like two chapters after we learned i'm also a witch because i have a witch's hat i am a witch mm-hmm. panel one become witch queen in my place vanessa Shared with Vanessa going, huh? 
panel two. Oh, I'll do that. Just <laughs> not a moment to take it in. It's so quick. Like you were like, oh my gosh, they're gonna be like, not and, and like there's almost a beauty in this. Like the witch queen just worked together with everybody to bring Asta here, and she also used the last of her magic to save all the Blackpools. It would have felt like almost rather fitting for this idea that Vanessa actually has to really consider. Like maybe I do have a purpose here like maybe i can't just spend my whole life hanging out with my friends and doing all this stuff like maybe i do have to consider i mean it's not ideal she shouldn't have to but like are we gonna process it are we gonna like let this dangle over and then yeah no dorothy and so it's just like actually i'm a witch and i could take over and i you don't even really know who i am so (laughs) you're not even sad about me leaving (laughs) my my character was i slept most of the time (laughs) (laughs) so i don't even have like iconic lines or anything but quinn how will the clover kingdom react to having to replace the captain of the ninth most important guild (laughs) i was was like i will be stunned if you can name which guild she's actually the leader of i think she's the one guild i can't name honestly i i do i think she is the coral peacocks I think that's correct. But I yeah, it's it's, it's very much like whatever. Anyways, they're like, yeah, hey, you, there's a lot of work to do. As long as the Black Bulls get through this, it's going to work. And the Witch Queen's like, all right, well, do you have some sort of plan, anti-magic boy? And he's like, yes, um, <laughs> which I love. I love that he actually he, says, yes, um. Yeah, he does that occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Um, So we cut to a flashback where he's training with uh, Ryo and he's like hey so i have a theory that asta as part of your anti-magic deal you can make other stuff anti-magic because you've done it before you turned yami's sword into one of yours so you can give anti-magic properties to other things by letting your mana or whatever flow through it so if you can give anti-magic to objects Maybe you can give it to people, too, like a reverse demon dweller. And all that Zetan training has made you better at working with anti-magic. So I I feel pretty strong that you could do it. Like, it's an uncharted territory, but because it's uncharted, it's worth a shot, isn't it? So we cut over. Asta is using demon dweller, but in reverse. And he is sharing his anti-magic. And we end the chapter with basically two two-page spreads of the Black Bulls being revived, but they are all channeling anti-magic energy. Yep. And Asta's like, all right, let's save the world. Yep. I don't hate this. I think it's kind of <laughs> cool to see all their different, like, looks. Like, all of them are channeling it in different ways. But Some of them have been, some of them have more interesting designs than others. Yeah. I like, uh... I like that Magnus hair it, it, it takes effect there. Zora's Gouch uh, is real fucking shuny energy, like oh, oh my eye. <laughs> the dark energy emanated from my eye. Oh. And then you uh, get some like Sekre who are just like, I've got little garter belt uh, of stocking belts right now. <laughs> like okay, not everyone can look cool, I guess. Um. Yeah. It's. It's just like, uh, anti-magic solves everything, kind of again. It's like, all right. <laughs> I don't hate the idea that, that the Black Bulls can be relevant in the end, like, but also in that same way, like, 
this is a universe where magic happens so the black bulls were literally almost all at death's door like two chapters ago yeah and now they're all ready to go and charged with anti-magic energy because it's just like i don't know this character had the ability to heal everybody and you're like all right sure <laughs> all right one piece chapter 1089 hostage situation I want to focus on this uh, cover page that we get. It's so uh, raw. It's so <laughs> silly. so fucking brutal. Uh, Sanji has sent in a uh, a cow man to deliver a message, which is, the stars are so pretty tonight, just like you, Nami. Shall we stargaze together? And Nami has written her return response message, which is, saw them already. <laughs> That's just <laughs> Yes, thanks. <laughs> saw them already. It's fucking brutal. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. Ooh. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. <sighs> Time to go through a full chapter of people that Nick doesn't know the names of. All right. So we start off this chapter in East Blue in Windmill Village, a.k.a. Luffy's home down. And uh, people have just gotten the news that Garp has vanished at Pirate Island. And they're like, well, it doesn't say he's dead, right? It's like, hey, no one ever dies in One Piece. You don't know. Uh, and uh, literally the mayor says, he's now, a man of Nick, many legends. Don't worry about him. What's the mayor's name? Nope. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going on I, this. I, I had to look this up. His name is Whoopslap. <laughs> mayor Whoopslap. Mayor Slap. Mayor Slap. He's like, please. <laughs> That was my father's name. Call me Whoop Call Slap. Me whoop. <laughs> Call me Whoop. Whoopers. Also, there is M Makino, I think is her name. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's like, well, you can't help it. We worried about Garp, though. Uh, the now, little Nick. ones have learned to recognize Luffy recently. <laughs> The little kid she's got is like, oh, and Luffy's wanted post. <laughs> now, Nick, what's the name of Makino's child? Uh, no. We do, uh, not, we do not know, so you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm technically two for three. <laughs> and to be honest, uh, Whoop Slap was out there. <laughs> also, there's a bunch of other characters. They don't matter. Uh, <laughs> on. I mean, to Dan, we actually do nope. know. No, no. <laughs> uh, there are massive, like, natural disasters that are unleashed as a huge earthquake shakes seemingly the entire world and also causes, like, a tsunami uh, to go out in South Blue. Uh, as we are told that the earthquake on that day had no parallel of recorded history to causing destruction on a vast worldwide scale and we see laboon laboon <laughs> yeah we get glimpses of kind of everyone i think that might be logue town that we see in the east blue and then we haven't mm -hmm. been to the other blues yeah it is logue town uh and but we don't see but then yeah when we get to the grand line we just cut across the mm -hmm. different locations and uh when the quake happened six days after the vanishing of the kingdom of lelugia and we get a news report that is like, oh, I'm here at the remains of Lelouja Kingdom. There's no trace of the land anymore. Just an enormous hole in the sea that waterfalls are pouring into. Any further approach is impossible. There is no sign of the hole filling up. Now, this is how weird this is. There's a massive hole where the island used to be. Water is pouring into it. 
the earthquake caused this a worldwide sea level to rise by one meter. Yeah. Um, but the water's going into the hole. Um, yeah, this is um, there's some shit <laughs> to this that I don't want to think about. Uh, um, I just sit here and I'm like, oh, I hope water seven's okay. They were already based <laughs> off of a sinking city. Uh, yeah, but uh, this has caused, of course, you know, the freaking worlds to change. Like, beaches are flooded and, and everything like that. Uh, and uh, around the world, like, all sorts of different islands are, are experiencing huge changes as a result of this. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, on Future Island Egghead in the New World, uh, they also get reports, oh, water levels are rising and all this stuff. And, of course, a huge fucking fleet has arrived as well. They're completely surrounded. A uh, hundred ships, including 20 battleships. And uh, meanwhile, Emeka is, you know, attacking some of the ships and stuff, and they're trying to fight it off. There's 30,000 sailors surrounding the island. Uh, um, to, to Sentomaru mm -hmm. uh, gets on the radio and is like, I told you guys not to attack the Sea Beast weapons. And they're like, it attacked us first. Fuck you. Leading the unprecedented military force was a group of nine vice admirals, a.k.a. Nick, the people the Straw Hats are going to have to fight. Uh, if you can name any of these characters. These aren't new people? <laughs> some of them, I believe, are new, but at least, I think, three of them I've seen before. Two of them I 100% know are, are, are reoccurring characters. I know. I thought these were all new people. Doll's the only one I think we should know. She got introduced. She's the one Austin's real horned for. And then the yeah, guy with the scars the, to her left. Color. Yeah, the one, the, the woman, basically, uh, the attractive woman. Uh, and then the guy next to her to her left with the scars has shown up before. In my mind, I keep wanting to say the guy in the bottom right is Strawberry, but that's just because I remember the character Strawberry, and I assume any person with a very, like, <laughs> long face is Strawberry. I'm like, he's back, right? I I want to know that guy's entire deal. I, I have to say that the, that hair, that beard, those sunglasses, like, <laughs> like I, my eyes are just drawn to him. I'm really interested in the guy in the top left, the top left, uh, Hulk Hogan, is it drawn by a uh, cartoonist? Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, out of this group, definitely Doll does stand out because there are so many bearded men in this one group. Yeah. Uh, also, there seems to be a fish man, I guess, among their group. It does seem, so, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and to say nothing of the bald guy with all the chins in the world, too. So, but uh, leading them is fucking Admiral Kizaru. Well, uh, so he is here. He's eating ramen, uh, and he's he's just says to Sentamaru, like, you know, you've kind of put it in a bit of a sticky situation. Why don't you just surrender?" <laughs> um, but uh, and you know, Sentamaru threatens him, and in response, he says, "Like, ooh, so scary." Uh, but Sentamaru says, "Look, Punk developed the pacifistas' lasers after stu studying your powers. I never thought you'd come to eliminate him one day." I do like that we get a little bit of uh, this of like, you know, like a time, you know, like happier times between them. Kizaru is just like showing off his powers 
And also Sentomaru is there, and he's like, ah, he's a little kid. He's, he thinks it's really cool and stuff. Uh, and he's, but Kizaru says, look, studying the Void Century is a crime even I can't defend, Sentomaru. I'm just another cog in the machine. And uh, they're kind of having, like, a meal together uh, while the, while having this conversation, because Kizaru is having his, his, like, ramen while Sentomaru is also eating on the other end of the line while they're talking about this stuff. Everyone's eating, actually, because we also cut to Jay Garcia Saturn after this. And uh, he's on one of the battleships, present for this situation. And uh, uh, part, of the, part of this also says they're like, okay, look, Lucci and his cohorts seemingly have failed their mission because of the Straw Hats. Jay Garcia Saturn says, don't let them figure out I'm here. Straw Hat crew barricades itself with Vegapunk as prisoner. I like this article. It's Morgan's work. What is the truth? And uh, the scarred guy uh, is the one that you knew the name of. Is Do that right? Doberman, I believe. Doberman. He says, we haven't received the mission complete report from CP0 yet, given that Sentamaru is still defending the island. We can be certain the lab of phase is currently hosting Dr. Vegapunk with Stella and six satellites, the four Seraphim protecting him, the ten members of the Straw Hats crew, as well as the agents in the lead force, Rob, Lucci, Kaku, and Stussy from CP0. The rank and file Cypherpole agents appear to have been locked in the Fabra phase by Sentamaru and his pacifista Mark III units. So we just get a big recap of like, here's all the people that are already on the island, excluding the 30,000 people outside of it. <laughs> Things got very, very, very complicated very suddenly. Uh, they also established that the barrier is at 100% power, so nothing can get in, nothing can get out. Saturn says, so where are the research staff? Where are the technicians? They all evacuated the island. We got their coordinates to their ships. And Saturn says, sink them. They might know something. Uh, and uh, Doberman says, one more thing. The pirate jewelry Bonnie is has been sighted on the island. And uh, Saturn's be like, oh, Kuma's daughter? No, oh, she's got more. No more benefit to us. Leave her there. She's just a girl. All right, fuck huh. you, dog. Jay Garcia Saturn. Yeah. Uh, presumably, I guess he means no more benefit to us because I guess she would have been leveraged to get what they wanted out of Kuma. I guess. There was a reason they wanted her. I think because she was like descended from royalty, but I mm. can't remember if we ever explicitly found out. Because they, they saved her from uh, Blackbeard at one point. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember if we found out all the details. That was before we found out she was specifically Kuma's daughter and everything like right, that. Right. Uh, the uh, Marines have picked up a signal from Egghead, which they transmit to Kizaru. Uh, and uh, also um, there is a thing from Mary Joa. And uh, so Mary Jo has been contacted by York, uh, specifically, you know, the lead council minus, you know, Saturn. And York says, this is messed up. Why are you killing me, too? You only know about the Stella's betrayal because I told you about this stuff. And uh, they're like, you're also Vegapunk, York. We got to kill you, too. <laughs> and York's like, look, I, I don't have any interest in the Void Century. I wouldn't have told you about this if I did. How dare you? Uh, so... Uh, they asked, like, okay, well, it's good that you survived. Did CP0 reach the island? Where are the Straw Hats doing? And York says, the fact I'm the only one to contact you after last night should tell you everything. The Seraphim are here. Why is this fleet surrounding the island? Are you going to war with me? And uh, they're like, we changed our minds. 
All right, yeah, so, so. But they also ask, like, can you create the Mother Flame? And York's like, yeah, I'm not surprised you want it. I'm glad I sent it to you. Yes, it is desired. And York's like, desired by who? All right, whatever. The power plant that creates it is on this island, so promise you won't hurt me or the lab. And they're like, all right, understood. And make me a celestial dragon. It will be done. All right, we've got a deal. And the first thing I want you to do is to come save me before Luffy kills me. And we pan back and see that all of this has taken place while York has been pinned to the ground and is at the mercy of all the straw hats who are eating her food, too. Yeah, they're all chowing down. Sanji is, like, cooking up a bunch of stuff. You can even see, uh, like, Luchi in the background just vibing. Uh, it's a real, like, satisfying comeback after, like, uh, kind of heavy stuff for a while. But I did sit there and I was like, what about all the... <laughs> what about Shaka? Is he dead? He got shot in he's, the he's head. <laughs> I was really hoping to see him and he has, like, a soda that's up to his face. You're like, how is he Aww. drinking? He has a mask on. <laughs> just, just, he's just, he's just a freaking Daft Punk robot, so... Yeah. Yeah, this is like a fun ending to the chapter. Um, they've they've now like the Straw Hats now have like an idea about certain things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, cool stuff all around. I also do love the interplay between uh, Nami and Luffy because Nami's like, ah, now I see how it fits together, and Luffy's would be like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Where did we'll use her as a shield? Whatever. All right. So. Uh, yeah, this was, this is definitely a nice note to just end the chapter on. Uh, a lot of info dumping, and then it's like, all right, now here's a fun moment. Uh, so, Whew. all right, that's the end of that chapter. That's the end of the manga this week. Quinn, tell me, what was your favorite this week? Ooh, a lot of good options. I think favorite series I am going to give to... I think I'm going to give it to Kaiju number eight. I really did enjoy, mm. like, all right, let's have fun and that kind of attitude. I think it played a lot. Also, I just love the dorkiness of just like, no, no oh, one's yeah. allowed to be better at me at the blade. Not the blade. <laughs> Always saying the blade, too. Yeah. Not, nothing else. Not like swordsmanship, using swords, just the blade. <laughs> uh, my favorite chapter this week is Akana Banashi. Uh, it hits the hardest for me. Uh very satisfying, sad ending to the arc. Uh, and I look forward to seeing where we go from here. So, Indeed. yeah, what else can I say? Uh, and then my character of the week, I think, I think I'm going to give it to All Might. I think that was an extremely cool little chapter for him. And uh, I don't know, it looks cool. He's, he's showed his ground. I like that he had like a cool little Iron Man suit and everything. And the using techniques that are inspired by his students does feel very fitting for this guy who's like going out kind of as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, gotta say, uh, all might agree. Uh, I love every aspect of this sequence and how hard it goes and how the cheesiness is ramped up in certain cases too like just even the moment where labrava is like you know declaring an attack which goes live stream (laughs) (laughs) it's like no it deserves it because this is awesome it's all might wearing a fucking iron man suit and using all these tech that are based off of his students abilities and while he just talks all this shit at all for one it's great I'm actually uh, a little surprised to say that the audience picked this week. I thought I was going to agree with you and say Akane Banashi, but the winner this week is actually One Piece for Series of the Week. Mm. Uh, but wow. they, it is an agreement about All Might as Character of the Week. Yeah. 
I do want to say that I do give a little bit of an honorable mention to Kaiju number 10, just for being stupid and yeah. uh, being like, and snapping Oshin out of his stupor. Just being a silly little guy. And that's going to do it for Weekly Manga Recap for this week, guys. So thank you all for joining us. We don't have Jump next week, uh, but uh, we will still be doing something next week. I think that we will talk about uh, ladies don't play fighting games and uh, maybe do some Q&A stuff as well. Yeah, we we should clarify. uh, I think we're going to do a QA. and a and we're going to give you guys that announcement now because now is a good time. I think mm-hmm. we're I think we caught up completely. So I, I think now if you ask, you have a very good chance of it showing up on the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to our discord uh, or if you use the Google Doc, uh, there is a tab in there for Q&A questions and you could just throw them in there mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll go through them uh, probably next week after we discuss young ladies don't play fighting games. That's right. And uh, we want to thank NinjaX3i for maintaining that Google Doc for us and helping out with the podcast, uh, making things a lot less of a headache for us. We also want to support, we also want to thank everyone who supports us on Patreon, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap, where you can get bonus content that we love producing for you guys to enjoy. Uh, we can be found in multiple places on the internet. If you want to listen to all of our past episodes, weeklymagarecap.podbean.com is where all of our audio stuff is hosted. You can also listen to it on iTunes and Spotify, youtube.com slash weeklymagarecap if you want to watch the video versions. Uh, the thumbnails for the, that stuff uh, occasionally gets done by Steve Mann, whose artwork you can check out in multiple places on the internet if you just search for Steve Mann art. Uh, and... Uh, Milo Jack Stillis and Winsley Del Chitter did the opening sequence of the video version as well. So thanks to you guys for that stuff. And I think that's going to do it. So thank you all for listening. And we'll uh, talk about uh, lots of terms that Nick doesn't understand because he doesn't play fighting games next week. <laughs> Nick, you know what uh, a medium kick hit confirm is, right? No. All right. We're going to be in for a rough time. <laughs> What is uh? What is what is what is grab perfect guard again? <laughs> Nick, you know what a command grab is, surely. <laughs> just like I just keep going for the more obtuse ones, Nick. Surely you've heard of a Roman cancel and are intimate with it. <laughs> surely you know. Surely you know what a loosey goosey is. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, surely you understand what I mean when I say two characters are playing footsies. I actually do know that one, so. Oh, okay. There yeah. we go. Yeah. I, I, I've seen I've seen certain Smash highlights. <laughs> All right, there you go. Nick's Nick's on board now. Everything just needs to be through the lens of that one that Smash event you watched. That one Smash video, and you don't, you guys don't know which one, so you don't know you know which one to tell the creator uh, to put the references to it. <laughs> Well, I, I should note, um, this was not an intentional thing. It was something I realized immediately after we picked it for the recommendation. But I was like, oh, That's shit, right. this is really good timing because Evo just happened. The fighting game yes. tournament that kind of one of the bigger ones in the world, especially when you consider it's kind of like a collective of different uh, series. And there was some really good stuff in it. Uh, the Mortal Kombat 11 finale I stayed up for it was almost annoyingly written well. Like it was like. Oh, here's an underdog story. Every round is going to every set is going to go to the last round. 
it is like a you know minuscule amount of health for both characters it was like annoyingly like okay you're like an author is writing <laughs> this shit right. to make it dramatic uh and uh the street fighter 6 finals were really really good uh, there's just great stuff all around so cool go check it out Very if you like fighting games yes yeah. check that out that's how i got into fighting games at any stretch i watched a random evo event and they were doing Guilty Gear X2 or something like that, Grand Finals. And I was like, this shit fucking rules. I have no idea how to do any of these things. No, no. that's that's true for most sports. <laughs> I watched I watched the New York Giants throw a touchdown. I'm like, I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> like, I understand it in practice. In I can't. <laughs> just pick up a controller and it just slips out of my hands immediately. Ah! Ah! too many buttons now (laughs) guys we'll see y'all on the other side oh god are we dying (laughs) no it'll be round two fight oh heaven or hell let's rock